Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got a writer, director, producer, sitting right beside me here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, we're closer than ever to the first episode of Moon Knight. Oh, yes, we are. And closer than ever to the first episode of Halo, I know being celebrated by the guy joining you in the live chat today, Mr. Ray or Ray. Don't, don't you ever you gotta forget. You got to pull your mic. You got to pull don't your mic you in. Don't ever forget Halo, Rob. I don't. I, I, I don't. You've got that badass Japanese Halo figure that you just got. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I think both of us get goodness at the end of this month. I mean, I think everybody gets a lot of goodness. Yeah. As well as getting some car goodness today. Yeah. Chris Carr, your car got you here My today. My car got me here today. I love in the chat. Someone told me to bike here. 120 miles. Do you think I can do that? <laughs> no, 120 miles round, round trip. trip. Round yeah. trip. Round trip. And also, happy Mario Day to everyone. There's deals on Mario games now, today. Go me, get them. Tell me more about this. You mentioned, I, of course, you got your I've outfit got my, on there my today. Overalls with toad all over. And you them. mentioned it's Mario Day. What yeah. is this Mario Day? So it's just Mar 10, right? Comes out like March 10th. Can look like Mario. Uh, and so I didn't this even is think just of a day that Nintendo gives you sweet, sweet deals. So you can go get games for like 80% off. Well, I'm going to celebrate by pulling out the Switch and playing some Mario Kart today. Yeah. Wow. I think that's what I, I'm going to do. I'm very do they happy. have a Mario yeah. game for the PlayStation 5 yet? No, that, no they, they don't do that. That's like having a Superman movie at, over oh, at Disney. Oh, that's right, because it's Nintendo, not <laughs> yeah. Sony. Yes, very very big distinction there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, well, uh, ever since my N64 and GameCube went away, I don't know. Oh, oh. the N64 was just... I still N64 have one. N64 was great. Look, yeah. Battles of the Empire was a great game. I play that on the emulator. There's some really good emulators yeah. that you can get and play that kind of stuff. But anyway, guys, what's not an emulation is this. This is real. We're here with you guys right now, and it's good to have you here. Here's how today's show is going to go, guys. We're going to break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you're watching this show live, and only if you're watching live, you can use the Super Chat feature to send in a comment, question, or whatever that we will read off once we get to the end of the main topics. Uh, however, we only have certain amount of room for number of comments and questions so if you're going to get and then i have to turn them off so if you want to get one in get one in soon because i'm going to be turning it off in a couple of minutes anyway guys a little bit of house sleeping. want to remind you that if you can't be in front of a youtube channel for your daily fix of the john campia show there is good news there's an audio only version of the show that we simply call the john campia show podcast and it is available right now on your favorite podcasting app of choice just hop on to your favorite podcasting app search for the john campia show subscribe to the show today so it's there when you need it but oh there's more we also of course you guys know we started our new movie club and we love Movie Club so much, we gave it its own dedicated podcast feed. So if you want to get the Movie Club in audio-only form, just go in your podcasting app and search for Movie Club, a John Campia Show podcast. Go and find that today. By the way, thousands and thousands of people have already subscribed to this thing. Wow. There have been a huge amount of downloads on it. Thank you guys so much for doing that. So go and find it and subscribe to it today. Okay, guys. With all that down and out of the way, let's get things started off here with an off the top. And that off the top is this. Yesterday, joygasms were experienced all across the planet as humanity held hands, likened unto a Coca-Cola commercial, and sang, we are one people because the Obi-Wan trailer came out. <laughs> and unified in joy and celebration, the people of the world celebrated and cheered and gasped and awed 
at that fantastic Obi-Wan spot that dropped yesterday. We got some Inquisitor goodness. We got some, I don't care what anybody thinks. People like writing me yesterday, John, you're really into Uncle Owen. Damn right. Joel Edgerton is Uncle Owen staring down an Inquisitor saying, you don't impress me. That was awesome to me. Seeing, of course, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, that isolation shot of him sitting in that cave was amazing. But one thing we didn't see. Uh-oh. That we know is going to be in this show was Vader. Not anymore. Because they have released an actual image from the thing of Vader. This is uh, coming to us from Entertainment Weekly. I'll have their whole, their uh, headline. Holy Sith! Exclusive <laughs> first look at Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so as we scroll down here, they give us a little shot of that iconic kind of dark silhouette with only the chest plate things coming up in his meditation chamber or coming out of, I should say, his meditation chamber. Now, of course, Rob, there's a word that you know I like to use, tangibilization. I'm pretty sure I made it up. But we know Vader was going to be in this. And I have some mixed feelings about Vader being in it because it, you know, retcons what the clear message of the original Star Wars movie was, that these two haven't seen each other since he became Vader. They're saying, well, no, 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 what he really meant, whatever, that's fine. Once you get past that, you start getting excited that Vader's going to be in this. And seeing this image is that tangibilization. Like, we know he's going to be there. We knew he's going to be in the show. Hayden Christensen, good Canadian kid, is coming to indeed play him. But we got him in that chamber, the thing we see, the things kind of opening up, which brings up the question of are we going to see Anakin's face in this? And they asked Hayden Christensen in this article that, and he simply said, you know, I can't talk about anything like that, which is exactly how Andrew Garfield should have been handling his press. But all Hayden Christensen said was, you know what? There's nothing I can talk about this. But one other little bit of goodness that Hayden Christensen gives, he says this, we are going to see, this is a quote from Hayden Christensen. We are going to see a very powerful Vader. We are going to see a very powerful Vader. Promises a returning Hayden Christensen. And again, this, I get it. This is just a still image. I mean, we knew Vader was going to be there. I shouldn't get my jollies all tied up in knots over the fact that, oh, yeah, something that I already knew was going to be in this. But I can't help it. Like, it's there. It's tangible. It's real right in front of me. I love this image. And I love hearing from Hayden saying we are about to see a very powerful Vader because we saw how powerful Vader was in Rogue One. Like, one of the greatest, most iconic scenes in any Star Wars movie ever as he's going through just wrecking fools. Well, this is years after that. And how powerful, or it's right around the same era, it's years before that, I should say. Yeah. But how powerful, this is years after we see him at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you know, when he's, now he's become Vader, he's coming into his powerful into his power. It's very exciting to me. Rob, you see these images, you hear Hayden Christensen saying, we're going to see a very powerful Vader. What's your reaction to that? John, I'm kind of confused, to be honest, because Darth Vader, unless we see Hayden Christensen's face, what in the costume, would we know he's there? It's not even Hayden Christensen's voice as Vader. I mean, I would think that if Hayden Christensen's in this show, that we would see flashbacks to him and Ben Kenobi in the Clone Wars, doing something that will later inform the turn to Vader. Because Darth Vader has never been Hayden Christensen. Only Anakin. So 
I think that we're going to see more about their relationship than we know. See, now I disagree, but you very well could be right. There's a there's a very good chance you're right. I we have seen Vader as Anakin at glimpse in Rebels. When Vader has his showdown with Ahsoka in Rebels, his mask gets wrecked. And you actually get to see his face. Sure. Beneath the thing. I I think Clone Wars is Clone Wars. I don't think we have to go back to that. Although, again, everything you're saying makes total sense and it very well could happen. But I think they're just going to move forward from that. And I do think we are going to see a good amount, at least, I'm not saying majority of the time. I'm just saying I think we're going to get a healthy amount of Vader without the mask on. That could I very think, well be. I think we're going to get some of that. I mean, but... that could that could very well be. I, you know, I, 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 that would be interesting to see. I'm still upset that Sebastian Shaw has been removed from Return of the Jedi when we see his face. Yeah, you know, I, that's a weird thing to me because I have a 12 inch Sebastian Shaw action figure, and of people are like, of course you do. Who is that? Uh, yeah, of course. Like, who just, is just that? for those of you who don't know what what Rob is talking about, because this is a really important thing. When you go back to the original. Return of the Jedi, and Luke takes the helmet off Vader and says, you have my, you already have my son. Like, right? That is not Hayden Christensen. That is... Sebastian Shaw. Who you have a figure of. I have a figure of him. Now, then once you fast forward, like after the prequels came out, they decided to go back and digitally change that scene where it's Hayden Christensen under the mask, which I get, I mean, I, I understand that move. Uh, there's a lot of things they do in special edition, anything like that, that I really hate. This is one of the ones that I kind of get what they were doing, but it just makes your figure all more, the more valuable. Yeah, but it's such a weird, I, I mean, even that choice, I mean, I understand why they put Hayden Christensen at the end of Jedi, but Yoda and Ben Kenobi look like they look when they died. Whereas why would, does Hayden Christensen then look like he did before he turned to the dark side? But like, didn't he really die when he lost the higher ground? Well, yeah, that's, that's I when know, Anakin I, I, actually, well said. I know, you. I know, but still, that wasn't the way I saw it for 15 years before they yeah. erased him from, you know. But I don't know, Chris, you see the image, you hear Hayden Christensen talking about, we're about to see a very powerful Vader. Where's mm -hmm. your expectation levels right now? Well, you know, I think it's going to be some column A, column B here, right? I do think we'll have flashbacks of their relationship to kind of imbue a little a little more gravitas to what we've had in the past between Hayden and Ewan, right? Because the prequels aren't everyone's favorite, so this is an opportunity to beef them up and make some of those moments a little juicier, a little better, a little more well-written. Um, I do think we will get a lot of him being Vader, though, especially since Hayden's speaking to that. Um, I keep saying his first name like we're best friends. It's my brother's name, so that's why. Um, <laughs> I do. I do have a question, though, outside of uh, and this is a great picture to bring up with this outside of Vader being here, because one, that image looks like it could be from any Star Wars thing where I'm like, yeah, that's what Darth Vader looks like. Good job, guys. Um, I have a bigger question about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Isn't this like nine to ten years before A New Hope? Is yes. That yeah. How how he going to age? How's he going to get? You know, that Tatooine desert, that ta the that, Tatooine that, desert on your skin. Under that sun. Tatooine makes you age like blue milk. It that, is. And I'll tell you what, because the, the, granted, this is a terrific picture mm -hmm. uh, that they have here of Obi-Wan. But Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't laugh. Of course, this is a joke, but it's, yeah, there was this religious magazine that had put a picture of Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be one of the saints. But at yeah. any rate, <laughs> when you look at him in the, um, in the footage of the trailer... He looks older. 
in the footage of the mm -hmm. trailer and a little bit more grizzled. Mm -hmm. But yes, I just write it off to there's a disturbing lack of aloe vera on the okay. sands of Tatooine, and it's a very dry environment. I had read a really cool tweet, and I don't know how much this could be a, an actual thing, but just how, you know, Papa Palpatine, he, you know, uses his powers and ages rapidly and becomes this deformed being, if there could be some light counterpoint to that of using your life force, giving things away for something that happens during these nine years. Because narratively, I'm not quite sure what to expect from this since we know where the story's going. So I'm, I'm wondering if something like that happens. Dude, that could be kind of neat. Like at the end, whatever happens that Obi-Wan sacrifices some of his life force mm -hmm. to do something and he comes out with a deep faked, more of an Alec Guinness look to him. Yeah. I like that idea. That could be pretty cool. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about getting our first look at Vader? Doesn't give away much, obviously, but then also hearing Hayden Christensen say, we're about to get a very powerful Vader. Does this increase your excitement? Is it right in line with what you're expecting? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here in the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris. What is our first main topic today? Topic number one comes from Alan Renshaw. Hi, John. I just saw the first look of Tom Hanks as Geppetto, and he looks great. It's hard not to like Tom Hanks, and just him being in this project makes me excited. What are your <laughs> thoughts on this first look? Ah, uh, yes. America's dad, Tom Hanks. The one, the one celebrity that Anne has really wanted to meet that I have not been able to introduce her to yet. I mean... I, for those of you who don't know, watch my show for any period of time, like Tom Hanks is Anne's number one guy. Like that's <laughs> that's it. Number one by miles. Her all-time favorite movie is big. Anything that's got Tom Hanks in it, she wants to watch it. He is just her guy. And he is like that. He is beloved. He is absolutely beloved for many reasons. He's a multi-time Academy Award winning uh, actor. One of the very few in the history of Hollywood to actually win Best Lead Actor at the Academy Awards back to back. I know it's been not been done since. I don't know if it'll ever be done again. But the dude is absolutely incredible. Now, we've got this Pinocchio movie coming. And he's starring as Geppetto. But it ain't the only Pinocchio thing coming. <laughs> there are several Pinocchios coming. Actually, this comes to us from Variety Rights. Pinocchio is directed by Robert Zemeckis, who, of course, has worked with Hanks before, uh, from a screenplay written by him and Chris Weitz, who produces with Andrew Milano. Disney Plus's Pinocchio is not the only upcoming movie centered around the famous puppet. On March 22nd, Lionsgate Entertainment will release Pinocchio, A True Story, an animated film starring words I never thought I would say again in my career, starring Polly Shore uh, in the title role. Also in December, Netflix is expected to release a stop-motion animated Pinocchio, filming a film starring Gregory Mann, Ewan McGregor, who we were just talking about, and David Bradley with Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafson attached to direct. And of course, we talked about that image. Remember they, they had that thing of uh, yeah. uh, Ewan McGregor's Jiminy Cricket? 
which was like, you know what? That actually looks pretty damn yep. good. It was awesome. So there's lots of Pinocchio stuff going on out there. Now, for those of you wondering, how can multiple studios be making Pinocchio? It's because actually the story Pinocchio is in the public domain, which basically means, Rob, you and I, you know, we can make that Pinocchio feature film if we want. You guys at home can make your own Pinocchio feature film if you want, as long as the only details you take is from the original Pinocchio story and not from Walt Disney's animation or from any of the other iterations. But if you just draw from that original story, you can make whatever Pinocchio movie you want. So you go ahead. And right now, a lot of them are doing that. But today's point, getting our first look at Tom Hanks as Geppetto. First of all, funny enough, the first thing that stands out to me is Pinocchio looks great. Mm-hmm. Like that just looks wonderful. Here's a really weird thing about this. You know what I actually find? A lot of people have never watched Pinocchio. Like really? a, a lot of people. I remember when Dumbo came out. Like there's a lot of people actually never watched Dumbo. And they know about Dumbo. I think there's a lot of people out there who know about Pinocchio and probably haven't seen it or don't remember it quite well. Because the original story of Pinocchio and even that original Disney animated film is psychotically dark in places. Oh, yeah. And, and actually quite heavy in places. And when I see a Tom Hanks as a Geppetto, I just wonder if we might get a little taste of that. At least I certainly hope they do. And I think Tom Hanks is the guy to do it. He looks amazing as Geppetto. You know, Ann and I went to go see him in Shakespeare. He did Shakespeare. There's a Shakespearean stage in LA. It's, it's small. It's got like 200 seats. And Ann and I got to sit like 18 feet from Tom Hanks as he's doing, what was it? Henry III, I think he was doing. Wow. Anyway, which was amazing. But seeing him done up like this, I'm very curious to watch this. Rob, you had a chance to take a look at these images. What do you think about uh, Tom Hanks' look as Geppetto? Well, I, I got to say, I growing up, I loved Pinocchio. I also loved, it wasn't a Disney movie, but Pinocchio in Outer Space. Um, <laughs> that's a true movie. That's a true, Did yes. that also have Biggs Dark Lighter in it? Uh, it did or, not. Oh, okay, it, just, it just wanted not. to make sure. Okay. But I have to say, I thought the look of this was absolutely perfect. I love the fact that they retained the original Disney design for Pinocchio. I I looked at this, and I mean, I know it's just an image, but it's Robert Zemeckis. It's the man who directed Forrest Gump and Back to the Future and used cars, and I'm a huge contact. I mean, he's a very talented filmmaker, and I, how, what's not to love, man? I looked at this, and I'm like, yes. Chris, you had a chance to take a look at this. Uh, first of all, we got a number of these projects coming out, like yeah. from Guillermo del Toro, this one and others. But what do you think stands out about this one? And what do you think about the images we're looking at? Oh, my gosh. It just looks like the Disney film brought to life that I love, that I love. Kids smoking cigars and turning into donkeys. It's so messed <laughs> up. What a messed up, weird piece of IP. I love it. He looks fantastic. I am super, super excited about this. Still confused about Polly, but hey, that's fine. Um I think it's going to be really great. And I'm so glad you brought up the Shakespeare show that you saw of him, John. Yes. He ad-libbed Shakespeare. Like, that's how good Tom Hanks he's is. He's crazy is he can good. just ad-lib like he's the bard. He's incredible. So anything he's in, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about the looks of Tom Hanks as Geppetto? Which of the Pinocchio projects coming out are you guys dying to see? The Zemeckis one? The Del Toro one? The Polly Shore one? Whatever one you guys are thinking about, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Yes. Chris, 
What is our second main topic today? Our second topic, Rob's so excited about. It's from Darren Miles. Hello, John. First time, long time. I saw a new feature drop this morning for Moon Knight. There's some stuff in there we've already seen, but I wanted to ask you about three particular things in it that we haven't seen or heard before. One, the supernatural transformation we see at the beginning of the clip with the raps engulfing him. Two, the comment about the show addressing mental health in a serious way. Three, the comment about Moon Knight being Fight Club meets Indiana Jones. <laughs> what did you and Rob think of those? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, of course, we the countdown is on. We are inching ever closer to the release of Moon Knight at the end of the month, if I'm not mistaken, just a few it's a weeks shy away. Three weeks, man. Very excited about it. And we're starting to see a little bit more, a little bit more coming out about it. I remember it was kind of crazy that when they dropped the first trailer, a whole hell of a lot of people watched it. And that was really encouraging, especially consider that a lot of people never even heard of Moon Knight, which maybe drove a little bit of the curiosity. And so, yes, it was today that this new spot dropped. And I'm just going to play a second of it. Like, and, and when I say second, I literally mean a second of it. But we actually get to see in this supernatural elements like real heavy supernatural elements with him as we see oscar isaac he's got his glowing eyes he's you know he's going into whatever mode that the avatar and goes into when the he's avatar getting, state yeah the avatar state we see oscar isaac going into avatar state and this one little quick clip just what what was that i remember they started it with that let me play that one more time because that's so damn cool hold a second do, 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 do. Woo! now well, we haven't seen that before right so, uh, Rob, I know we were bringing up the question a little bit about how grounded will they keep it? Will they go more into supernatural stuff? Will they introduce new different types of elements? So let's let's run down through those three questions they brought up. Mm. Number one, the supernatural element. That looked great. <laughs> that looks really good. And straight up movie quality. That little transformation he's going through there, straight up movie quality. Part two, where he says there's a part in this uh, featurette. It's like over a minute and a half long where Oscar Isaac talks about, no, we deal, we talk about mental health in a very serious way in this, which I'm pretty damn glad to hear about mm -hmm. because, you know, when we, when we heard about Iron Man 2, it was, and what was the storyline called? Demon in a Bottle? It was yeah. that the name of the Iron Man storyline? And we heard there, there are going to be some elements of Demon in a Bottle in Iron Man 2. <laughs> Tony got drunk at one party, <laughs> and that was, that was it. That was their big homage to, to you know, to Demon in a Bottle. Because a lot of us thought, man, are they actually going to go into to alcoholism and, and and the substance abuse that it becomes and because of the precious Tony face? And he got drunk at one party, and that was yeah. that was their homage. So I'm very curious when they say that, no, 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 we are actually going to talk about mental health because that is apparently a very key issue to who this character is. I mean, they play that up a lot in the different characters, so that's great. Third thing that they covered, or second thing that they covered, no, third, was when, I can't remember what the name of the actress was, but the actress in the in the show said, she's, she's being interviewed, she's talking to the camera, says, Moon Knight is um, Indiana Jones meets Fight Club, or Fight Club meets Indiana Jones. To which I go, really? Tell me more, speak more, what what is what is it? Fight Club? I mean, I think we can, especially if you look at the end of Fight Club, you can maybe see some of the similarities of it. Indiana Jones meets Fight Club. I can honestly say I've never heard any show movie property described that way. Never. And it's got me interested. So, Rob, there's there's a lot to cover here. 
All right. We've got the footage, which we've got some new looks in this footage as it is. We've got the commentary about looking at mental health seriously, and we got the commentary about it's Fight Club meets Indiana Jones. There is nobody on this planet, I can say, 100% full stop with certainty, maybe short of Oscar Isaac's mom, that is more excited about this Moon Knight show than this gentleman sitting to my left. So, Rob, those three questions get posed. How do you address them? Well, okay. Here's the thing. I I'm conflicted, John, because as a Moon Knight fan from way back, the version of Moon Knight I fell in love with is not the disassociative identity disorder character. But they've done so many interesting things after they've added that element to the comic character that there's been some great stories told in that realm. It's almost like a whole different character, to be honest. But... It looks like they're combining these things. And I love the idea. First of all, I love Fight Club. And I love the idea of a character who doesn't know what he's doing necessarily. And, you know, in the original iteration of Moon Knight, Khonshu was not necessarily a real force, a god, a character that had influence over him. But that changed as the comic moved on. So Khonshu is a, is a god, essentially. And if they're going to go that direction, that's a fascinating addition to Marvel's, the MCU's cosmology. But the idea that a character who has disassociative identity disorder, who doesn't know, like at night, if he doesn't know, he's Moon Knight. And I would suspect that perhaps he might envision his these wraps coming around him, but he might just be wearing basically a white sheet. Like, we don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. Is he going to forget that he's Moon Knight at night? <laughs> the way you describe that sounds like the um, Leonardo DiCaprio scene in um, what's the one he just did with Scorsese? Uh, uh, Shutter Island? No, Wall Street. Wolf Wall Street. Wall Street. Yeah. When he's when he thinks he drove home the, the, safely, and yeah. then you look at the reality. Of well, it. yeah. I mean, the Lamborghini. That I love. I love stuff like that. And if they're going to do that, it seems like they're going to go in that direction. The idea that he's he's having these things, but then when what if you find out? He thinks he's it's disassociative, but it's actually Khonshu, the, the god Khonshu doing this, and it's actually happening, and the way they're going to play with all this, it's, it's exciting. I mean, it seems exciting to me, and I, again, I look forward to it. But it's, it is weird, John. It's not exactly, it, it, it is kind of a combination of things, but I'm fascinated by it. I'm curious about your response to the comment about it being Fight Club meets Indiana Jones. I, I, I think that's, I mean, if... If if it's the Egyptian iconography that has made you snap or indeed the God conscious that's playing with your vision of reality, I think that's a fantastic idea. You know, somebody who who believes they're some historical figure like, I don't know, Nero or Alexander or something. And and it's because of of perhaps the influence of actual Egyptian gods. I, I think that could be very cool. All right. I want to read this one thing off, though, before we go over and hear from Chris. This comes to us from the folks over at the USA Today talking about the new spot. And they write, while the Disney plus Marvel shows, including WandaVision, Loki and Hawkeye, until now have been continuations of personalities from feature films, which it has been so far. Moon Knight adds a completely new character to the MCU. The show has its own style, a globetrotting action adventure. I, by the way, I didn't know it was globetrotting, but it's going to be globetrotting action adventure mystery and horror elements reminiscent of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Ghostbusters. But just as critical as the daring do is the series emphasis on one man's struggle with his mental health issues. That's from the USA Today, kind of backing up what we heard uh, spoken by Oscar Isaac. Chris, uh, you had a chance to see this little promo piece. The three mm -hmm. questions our viewer asks are, 
you know, what do you think about the visual effect? What do you think about the idea of them tackling mental health? And what do you think about that comparison to Fight Club and Raiders of the Lost Ark? What do you think? All right. The visual effect is awesome. Yeah. That's so cool looking. It looks so great. The tackling mental health. I mean, bouncing off of what Rob here said, it's exactly what I want to hear about this show. Dissociative disorders are often played up incorrectly in film and television. A lot of times mental health or um, mental health stigma gets perpetuated in a very, very negative way. And so with an actor like Oscar Isaac, excuse me, I was really, really hoping we were gonna take this seriously. I was hoping with these writers we were gonna take it seriously. And it sounds like we are. And dissociative disorders really do lend themselves to a lot of these character traits, right? Continuity issues with your own memory, memory loss, personality and identity issues. This all makes sense for this character in a very grounded way amidst all the fantastical. And that leads me into Fight Club because yeah, <laughs> if we have a dissociative disorder where you don't always know who you are, where you have big gaps in your memory, and if we have the brutality of Fight Club with the awesome adventure and antics of an Indiana Jones type film in this TV series, I mean, what more I could you ask seen for? That. Yeah, we're, I got the image Ooh. up here right now. I mean, I the whole first of all, what's the character with Mister Knight? Mister Knight. Mister Knight. Yeah. Where he's dressed up as Mister Knight, looking in the mirror seeing himself but it but obviously one's got his hands out one does not so it's looked like he's like almost having an argument with himself where does that up. image come from uh, i believe this is also from i believe this is from I, entertainment I, weekly right I, right I, it's either entertainment weekly or people yeah it was one, it was of, one of those two wow who, i hadn't seen that who published that first and like that that is a pretty awesome again he's got the you know avatar state eyes going on and he's he's ready to go full blown but that looks really great Ray, I'm just curious. I know your attention right now, Ray, mm -hmm. is totally dedicated to one Master Chief and Halo. But look beyond that a bit, what do you think about the stuff we're seeing here for uh, for Moon Knight? And our, where's your excitement level for right now? Well, they just released three new posters, Rob. Did they you did. see them? They're no. great. You, you haven't seen them? Not f No. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? This oh, Mr. God. Knight character, though, just the, his whole look, I really like it. So I'm interested. Um... I'm still confused by his story because I don't I don't know anything about him, but that's why I'm depending on this show to teach me, you know, so I can learn about this character because I I know nothing about him. I, all I know is I always think he looks cool, but that's it. All right, you know what? Just for a second, I'm gonna pull up these three posters okay. we have in mind here. So here's the one. I'll bring this up here, Rob, so you can oh. see it as well. There's one now. If you look very closely. You've got Moon Knight in the foreground, but almost 80% transparent. Behind him on the left is Oscar Isaac, and behind him on the right is Mr. Knight. So that looks pretty awesome, hold, holding that blade. Then we move on to the next one, and this time we got Mr. Knight in the foreground with Moon Knight and Oscar Isaac in the background mr knight looks so cool man right? mr knight looks freaking awesome looks so but the poster before that it kind of looked like deadpool in the hood <laughs> <laughs> and then of course the the one the one poster is with the oscar isaac character in the front whether it's uh mark or uh what's the other personality mark steven steven that's the other one where Jake. you got the two knights in the background behind him those these posts i think this one's my favorite i think the one with moon knight in the front is my yeah favorite. i'm looking at these although yeah, the these one with all... mr knight in the front is also pretty damn awesome yeah. yeah these are all amazing you like these ones rob i'm very excited john <laughs> i have a feeling I feel at blood flowing to my nether regions <laughs> I, have, I have feeling i have a feeling at comic-con we're gonna see 
a lot of Mr. Knights. Oh my gosh, yeah. I think you're gonna see a lot of Moon Knights. Um, Mr. Knight's actually the easier one probably to cosplay. You just gotta order some white clothes. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think of all this stuff? First of all, the new footage that we're seeing, I think it looks absolutely terrific. Second, the new posters that have come out, the comparisons to Fight Club and uh, Indiana Jones sounds really great. What do you guys think about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This comes from Mr. Mister. Hey, John and team. A now-deleted listing on Amazon showed a She-Hulk thermos, giving us our first look at the character's green face. Whilst I wish our first look of her would have come from a trailer or poster, I'm still glad we've got something to talk about. What are all your guys' thoughts on this? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for bringing that up, man. And yeah, listen, one when I was sitting in the Anaheim Convention Center at D23, and Kevin Feige came out on stage, so we got some announcements to make. We're going to be doing a Ms. Marvel show. What? Really? <laughs> We're going to be doing a Moon Knight show. And the heartbeat of Robert Meyer Burnett could be heard across the world. When Dude, that was you called it, man. You called it. <laughs> and and one of the, and the, a bunch of other things, but one of the other ones they said, which honestly, I think like three or four months earlier, somebody said, do you ever think they'll do a She-Hulk thing? I said, you know what? I generally don't like derivative characters but i can see them doing a lot of them i don't think i see them doing she hulk i i don't think i see them doing she hulk about three or four months later i'm in that auditorium at uh in anaheim with kevin feige on stage says we're doing she hulk now of course recently they had that little preview clip they put out where we see hulk and we see a scanning shot of the legs uh, up to the shorts and stuff like that but we never actually get to see um uh, uh the the image of She-Hulk in her full scope. Uh Tatiana Maslani, good Canadian girl by the way. <laughs> we've seen her, they showed her in her human form. Well, we've now got our first look at what she's going to look like in the show. And as it often happens, it comes from merchandising. Sometimes it's toys, sometimes it's a thermos. And this time <laughs> It comes from a thermos. Whereas a product listing got listed on Amazon early, it was quickly taken down, but it was up on Amazon and it is now everywhere. And we actually on this thermos are getting our first looks. Now, granted, this is a sketch, this is a drawing, but still we're getting our first look at what Tatiana Maslani is going to look in her She-Hulk form. Uh, here we see it on the thermos. There's that outfit that she was wearing in the little trailer clip that we saw. And then there's a couple of different posts. I personally like this. This is very reminiscent of a couple of the uh, She-Hulk comic covers, <laughs> yeah. as a matter of fact. Uh, the pose and everything like got that. The poof hair. The little bit of Hell the poofy yeah. hair a going. poofy front. You've got to have that big hair. It's, that's got to be there. And then kind of the, the two-sided aspects of her, her human side, her monster side, all put in there at once. And listen, I think this is, I think it's fair to say this roughly comes up to what we were expecting. I think we were all expecting this to kind of generally be the look. I'll tell you right now, I like it a lot. Because that's the thing about She-Hulk. She-Hulk is still supposed to be like, look, she-Hulk's got a lot of fanboys. I actually had a friend of mine 
who is a musician, and they actually wrote a song called She-Hulk Boy, and it was totally about how they're just completely in love. Yeah. Really? They were just, yeah, no, literally 100% true. Oh, I love and it. it was all about being completely in love with She-Hulk. Oh. And it's like, and the whole song goes on about, you know, She-Hulk and me forever. Oh, <laughs> you know, wow. God. And she's, Hey man, she's she's the 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 teen boy fan, dream girl like in many ways as well I, as being the, a Hulk. I have a question. Yes. Is he always supposed to be green? Like she walks around green? I Do can't we... remember if she's able to like I think she in the comics for at least for long stretches of the comics, she's always in her She-Hulk state. Yeah. yeah. Now whether or not she's going to be able to transform back and forth in the show, I have no idea. I'm guessing she will be able to because we see her right in her human form talking to Bruce, which seems like that's a scene that's a little bit later in the show. It seems like things are already in motion there. So I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of guessing. Anyway, Rob, uh, you've had a chance to take a look at these uh, images. Apparently, this is our look of She-Hulk. What do you think? Of I it? like it, man. You know, and I've heard from some people that have worked on the show that it is very much like that fourth wall breaking character she was in, I think, the burn run of the comics, which I think is going to be interesting to get that sort of meta Ally McBeal legal commentary. Can I just say any comparisons to Ally McBeal makes me smile? I yeah, love that I, show. I, I mean, look, you know, they, they've Marvel has delved into many different genres and the legal procedurals and uh, have been done in so many different ways. And that's what she is, after all, a lawyer. So why not Why not a L.A. Law-type, Ally McBeal-type show? You know, um, all they need, Shatner, is Denny Crane. It could be the greatest TV show ever made. Yes. One of the greatest characters ever. Chris, you had a chance to take a look at these images. What are your yeah. thoughts? I think this looks great. She looks like the comic book character. And yeah, it's a sketch, like y'all said. But I think it looks really, really awesome. If it is executed as well as Ally McBeal, then I'll be excited. Because the third wall breaking or the fourth wall breaking stuff, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be done well. But she's such a great actress. And I love this character. I love that that Jen just becomes this more fun, free, like, less inhibited version of herself instead of just the kind of, like, very, very intense, wants to smash stuff. I think it's fun that it's a persona that just makes her much less inhibited. And I'm interested to see how that will affect her career and her law cases. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Ray, I'm just curious, like, as a, as a visual graphic guy yourself, what do you think about the look of She-Hulk that we're seeing here? Um, it looks good. I mean, I've never, I don't know anything about her either, so, <laughs> so I don't, but it looks good. I mean, I, 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 I like the, the classic outfit on her, and um, that, I have a question about when, when she's hulking out, does she get any bigger? She well, that is, if, if, if you look at the pictures of her here, though, if you look at the images of here, which I just lost for whatever reason, um, she's she's clearly buff. I mean, yeah. she's clearly super, super buff. So that is her in her larger state. So there's going to be a lot of visual effects. Then, I think right? so. Yeah. Like, it's hard to imagine that they're not. Yeah, that's the thing I wonder. I mean, she's going to have to be. It's not going to be like Lou Frigno painted green. Yeah. No. You know, no. it's going to be there's visual effects. CGI here. I got to say, John, uh, speaking of She-Hulk, you know, I just reread avengers disassembled in anticipation of dr strange <laughs> there's a great scene when the vision shows up in avengers disassembled and brings ultron drones or robots and she hulk super she hulks out and tears vision in half Oof. i mean she's completely in a rage like she's angry because 
people are getting killed and all that. And it's such a great frame. It's like a two panel spread where she just tears vision in half. <laughs> so she all can she can rock and roll. She, yeah, she no, she to. she can throw down. And, and you know, John, like um, with the with the Hulk, I don't really like that character. He kicks too many of the heroes I likes asses. But so I love Hulk. I believe with Hawkeye and Black Widow getting a movie, the Hulk needs something. So I'll take She Hulk. If if that's the whole thing we're gonna get, well, I mean, the whole thing. There's also there's license issues with Hulk about why they can't do a standalone Hulk thing. But a lot of people feel like she was she was often a member of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. This character, I mean, she's had a presence across. I mean, even when you got into the uh, what was the the Time Variance Authority, like She Hulk had a big thing to do with the Time Variance yep. Authority as well. Like, so she's been very much wrapped up in this a lot. So, yeah, could she, you imagine? Do you think? I mean. Because, like you point out, she did have a big storyline. What if they brought the Time Variance Authority into She-Hulk somehow? Like, if what if she put somebody from there on trial for some reason? Ooh. I mean, I don't know. I, I look. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna do fourth wall crazy breaking, I could see the TVA, which is also way out, way out in left field as far as the MCU is concerned, putting two great tastes that take taste great together. That could be some really interesting stuff. And she she can control her anger, right? That's that's I think that's all well, I know see, about. See, this her. is one of the big distinctions between her cousin and her is that she completely she is basically she Hulk is Professor Hulk, right? Like she maintains her total personality and who she is, much like Hulk does in Endgame. Which I did not like Professor Hulk to be honest with you, but mm. I mean I like my Hulk Hulk Smash. That's that's how I like my Hulk. But yeah, but that's the difference between. Hulk has traditionally been the difference between her because like she goes into court like this. Yeah. Like that's how she goes into court and tries cases. So she's like, it's game day. Game day. <laughs> anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about these images of She-Hulk? I think it pretty much falls in line with what most of us were expecting. I kind of like them. How do you guys feel about them? Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts. All right, guys. With that all down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This is from James Brownlee. One of the parts of the whole Warner Brothers shuffle that really is concerning to me is that they moved Shazam! Fury of the Gods up against Avatar 2. I know you said WD would move Aquaman, WB would move Aquaman away from Avatar, but I never thought they'd move another one of their movies against it at the same time. Should we be worried about this? I mean, does this move suggest that WB doesn't have any faith in Shazam 2? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And listen, there's a larger issue to discuss here about the overall shuffling of a ton of Warner Brothers movies, but we'll get to that in just a minute. For now, we're going to focus in on one of the more surprising things to me in the announcement. As they, what was it, James who wrote that in? Mm-hmm. So as James wrote in the in the question, like we expected that we were going to hear that Aquaman was going to move off of thing. There was no way that they were going to let Aquaman open up against Avatar 2. There was no way they were going to do that. Now, granted, during the Christmas season, there's a lot of business to go around. And more than any other time during the year, multiple big films can open in the same neighborhood as each other and still all make money. But you don't want to open Aquaman 2 on the same day as Avatar 2 because your fish-effing ass is going to get kicked. And it would have got kicked by Avatar 2. I mean, it still could have made money. So we weren't surprised to hear that they were moving Aquaman. No surprise at all. What was shocking was hearing that they were moving Shazam 
nigh six months early to put Shazam 2 up on the sacrificial chopping block <laughs> against Avatar 2. First of all, I can't remember the last time I heard about a movie getting moved up six months. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 okay. Like, we knew it was ready. We knew the movie was ready. They're just going to open it when they're going to open it. And they decided to put it there. Now, it should be noted that Shazam 2 is not opening on the exact same day as Avatar 2, as Aquaman was. Avatar 2 is opening on December 16th. Shazam 2 has moved to December 12th, four days before Avatar. So it'll have a couple of days to make its money and all that kind of stuff, and then it's going to run into the wood chipper. Uh, anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant to write the following, uh, because this is funny. The director of the film, Sandberg, who directed Lights Out, I love him. Listen to this. Sandberg can always be counted on to respond to news pertaining to his movies, and he reacted to Shazam 2's release date change on social media. He confirmed the December premiere and playfully joked about how his film is now releasing opposite the long-awaited Avatar 2. Poor James Cameron, he wrote. Poor James Cameron must be shaking in his boots right now, he wrote. Sandberg also commented on how it's funny that Shazam 1 was a Christmas movie released in April, and Shazam 2 is a summer movie getting released at Christmas. And that came to us from the director, David F. Sandberg. Poor James Cameron, he said, <laughs> must be shaking in his boots right now. Um, okay, so two things. One... The first Shazam, as much as I love it, before the Suicide Squad that James Gunn did, Shazam was my second favorite DCEU movie behind Man of Steel. I, I mean, I I like it more than a lot of people do, but I was fully delighted by Shazam. I loved that movie. And David Samberg coming out of horror with lights out, like one of the most iconic short horror films in the history of YouTube. Then he turned it into a major motion picture, which I thought was a ton of fun. Then he comes over into doing Shazam, which well, who would have thought, but he did a great job with it, and I love that film. But it was not a box office monster like Aquaman was, right? So there is a big key difference between Aquaman and Shazam. So it's not like Shazam 2 was ever going to be a billion-dollar film anyway, no matter how much I'm looking forward to it. But to take it and to drop it into James Cameron-infested waters, <laughs> it... It suggests one of two things. That's to a me. funny image. James <laughs> <laughs> Cameron swimming around ah. in Avatar two, <laughs> jumping out of the water. I mean, it either one denotes a level of stupidity, which I mean, Warner all studios act stupid sometimes, but I, I don't think stupidity here. Or number two, which is actually what I'm more afraid of, is this Warner Brothers, and they bring it up in the question: Is this Warner Brothers saying, you know what? Yeah, we don't think this movie's going to do very well. We're looking at it. Uh, we don't think it's so good. Might as well drop it in Christmas, because if we drop it at Christmas time, maybe it can make some money. If we put it a few days before Avatar, maybe it can make some money before Avatar opens, and then it'll get run into the wood chipper. There's nothing about this that makes me feel confident. And, and I say that as a guy that loves, loves, loves Shazam, that first movie, loves it. But nothing about this screams to me confidence. I mean, if they were taking, let's say, I don't know, what's what's a movie we know they're confident in? Well, Flash. They're, they're very confident in Flash. If they were taking Flash and putting it head-to-head -head against Avatar, it would get crushed. But it would tell me that Warner Brothers 
maybe delusions of grandeur, but it would tell me that they're so confident in this movie that they're willing to put it up there. I don't get that sense from Shazam 2. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is a case of the Warner Brothers execs going, oh my God, this movie is so damn good. You know what we can do? You know, it was never going to make a billion anyway, but it's so good. Let's move Aquaman off into 2023 and let's put Shazam up against, let's give Avatar a run for its money. I'd like to believe that's the case. I'd like to wake up surrounded by chocolates and ice cream and Jennifer Garner serving me breakfast on a tray. I would love to wake up to that reality, but it ain't reality. It's not real. So I, I'm afraid this points to them not being confident in Shazam. And I hope I'm wrong. Rob, you see this move by them, and we're going to talk about the bigger overall yeah, shuffle yeah. later, but the specific decision to take Shazam 2, which was safely placed a good healthy distance away from, from that and drop it right into these waters. What's your reaction to it? How do you see it? Well, I have something to say more about this in the bigger picture, but we're going to get to that. I, I think, look, they took the movie that's the most family-friendly out of all of them. I yep. mean, this is about literally about the, the Marvel family, the Shazam family, call them that. It's family-friendly. It's, it's at the time of the year when families are together. Between Christmas or Thanksgiving and Christmas, I think is the best time to release this particular movie of everything that they had coming out. Um, and it is, in a way, I don't know if little kids are going to dig Avatar 2 or whatever. I think they have a beloved franchise here. There's a lot of people that like the first movie, like you are one of them. I loved seeing the Marvel family, John, in the first Shazam. That was my favorite aspect of it. I thought it was great. I know that this movie is going to have the Marvel family throughout. I say Marvel family because I can't. Shazam to yeah. me is the word he says. I'm still thinking of him as Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. I grew up with the Marvel family, you know, Mary Marvel and the ilk. But I think that that's why they made this movie. It was just a strategic film. They had a movie that was finished, that was family friendly, that could go into the most family friendly environment. I don't think Avatar 2 was a factor at, in their decision making. I think what they needed was they couldn't move off all of their big guns out of 2023, and we'll get to that in a minute, but they had to bring something in because at the end of the year, uh, studios are judged by their box office, and uh, they, they, there's, some real, there's some shenanigans going on here, but they had to do something, and I think at the end of the year, this is based on their largest strategy, this was the best thing for them to do, mm -hmm. and I understand why they moved it into this slot it makes sense to me chris you're seeing this move yeah. i mean look again there are a lot of interesting questionable things about this overall warner brothers yes. shuffle yeah but this is a, a, a really fascinating one taking shazam number one moving it six months and number two dropping it in avatar's front lawn yeah and and I, even as i read now through the live chat and our thing i'm still astounded how many people are sleeping on what Avatar 2 is going to do. Yeah. So many people, people here, like, are still counting out James Cameron, mm -hmm. completely discrediting like what the average movie going out there, how they remember yeah, but, Avatar. I'm telling you guys, this is going to be the, probably the biggest movie of the year. The, I, think I think it's been a fascinating blind spot to me for the last, since what, 2009 when Avatar came out. Mm -hmm. For 13 years, our community, our, let's call us film connoisseurs, geeks, whatever, there is this ongoing backlash against avatar that i don't understand and it, i think it goes in the same category overall as the hatred of twilight i think it's i think it's misplaced and i think it doesn't have an understanding of the bigger picture mm -hmm. and that's why people are like eh, who cares about avatar 2 uh, i think a lot of people you know who cares about avatar 2 
my mom. Same. My mom had my one of the most the shit out of these movies. Yeah. Oh movie. my god, my mother had one of the greatest times I've ever seen her. I've never seen my mother with a sense of awe and wonder in her eyes. Mm-hmm. The way she was seventy years old when we first saw Avatar, she'd never seen an IMAX three D movie before. And after it was over, my mom turned to me. She sat. She sat through the credits. My mother never did that. She didn't sit through the credits of Raiders of the Lost Ark or Empire Strikes Back. But she sat through the credits and she turned to me with her eyes wide as saucers and said, how did they do that? That's what my mom said to me. She t- she knows Avatar 2 is coming out. You know that scene in The Dark Knight where the guy who works at Wayne Enterprises comes to Lucius Fox and says, <laughs> I know who Batman is and you're going to give me $10 million a year. And Lucius says, so this one of the richest, most powerful men in the world who goes out at night and beats criminals to within a bloody pulp with his bare fist. This your plan is to blackmail this guy. Mm-hmm. Good luck. That's how I kind of feel about this when I see people underestimating Avatar too. It's like so. Let me get this straight. The biggest film of all time, Avatar, the number one all time biggest film in the history of the world, made by the guy who also, by the way, made the number three biggest all time film in the history of the world. James Cameron has two of the top three box office hits of all time and neither of them are comic book films and that's what you're betting against good luck good luck i don't know chris you see this the move the six-month move dropping it by avatar i don't know what's your take on this whole situation you know usually rob and i are reading out of the same book but today we're very much on the same page like i'm very in sync with mr robert Meyer Burnett today where i think they are taking that bet on that family film I really think they're banking on it being a uh, a spectacle for all ages, not just people who who are okay with the Navi getting freaky. You know, you know, maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're worried about that happening and their kids seeing something. But I think Shazam is such a great film. I love that movie. That's, I'm so glad you do because I, I love it too. I, that is that is totally one of my favorite ones. I think it's so delightful. It's a film I can watch all the time. It hits all the right notes for me. I think it's just so charming, and I'm so excited to delve more into the family dynamics in this because I love the expanded cast too. Everyone they got to play the super versions of the kids is just so great and spot on in their casting. So I'm I'm really hoping that this is just no. We think this is a good place for this. Film film to be we think this is an apples and oranges situations where even if you are very interested in avatar which i think most people are chat i think most people are i think you'll also go see shazam i i might just make a double feature out of it over the weekend that's what i would want to do all right so i'm trying to find this thing right now and i'm having oh here we go okay so i'm just bringing this up right now so the original avatar by besides being the number one biggest film of all time yes bigger than endgame um, it was not only the biggest film of all time, it was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture of the Year. And it won three Academy Awards, including Best Visual Effects, Cinematography, Art Direction. Cameron was nominated for Best Director. It was nominated for Best Editing, stuff like that. Again, I just like, this film? This is the film we want to bet against, the sequel to that film? Now look, I, I do not believe that Avatar is going to be a $2 billion film. Like, unlike the first one, right? If I had to bet five bucks on it, I, you know, I don't think Avatar is going to be a $2 billion film. But I don't... I, I, I just... Mm, but it could be a $2 billion film. And I don't know that there's any other movies coming out this year that I think actually have the potential to be a $2 billion film. 
you know i with speaking of shazam too i do like that it moved closer to black adam i don't know why i just think there's gonna be a lot of Sh shazam references oh yeah in black adam so having that so close to it well i think will help the movie it's still not in a good place it being the same month as avatar 2 but i do like that it moved closer question is for you guys what do you think about the? I think this is a fascinating move that they did moving Shazam six months early, which we hardly ever see done and putting it in the same neighborhood as Avatar. It is the Christmas season. This isn't like any other time of the year. There's a lot of movie going money to be made a lot for, for a lot of different movies. Maybe that's what they're banking on the family friendly aspect. What do you guys think about this move? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys with that down, Let's move on to main topic number five here, shall we? Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? We're going to really get into the WBDCU stuff. Yes. Jeff Singer writes in, holy release date shuffle, John. <laughs> Despite the success of the Batman, Warner Brothers has decided to push back the release of four DC films, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman 2, and even Super Pets. <gasps> They've also, to paraphrase <laughs> Saruman, chosen death sending Shazam 2 to the slaughterhouse to face Avatar 2. Can someone please explain this madness? All right, so it was just, dear heavens, the other day. It was just the other day that I was in a movie theater. Couldn't have been more than 72 hours ago. I don't know. Watching the Batman. And before the Batman, just days ago. Warner Brothers put this big preview up on the big screen before the Batman start of, look at all these comic book movies we have coming in 2022. The Flash in 2022. Aquaman 2 in 2022. The Batman in 2022. What was the other one? What was the, there was a the fourth uh, one, I thought. Black Adam. Black Adam. Oh, yeah. Black Adam coming in 2022. Look at these. Several days later. Yeah, forget all that. That ain't happening. Where yesterday, uh, a major bomb dropped from WB saying they were not just moving back one of these highly anticipated movies. They were like moving everything around. <laughs> Aquaman 2 getting delayed. Flash getting big delayed. I think it's its fifth delay. Because it's um, not a real movie. Because it's not real. It's all an, an illusion. Shazam 2 getting moved early and stuff like this. Okay, so let's just go over to Variety and like start to make try to make some sense of this from Variety. Variety writes the following. Warner Brothers has shuffled the release dates for several movies, including Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman 2, Wonka, and Shazam 2. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and The Flash are both being pushed from 2022, which they just told us three days ago was still coming out in 2022, but pushed from 2022 to 2023 due to COVID-induced production delays. Really? No, that's complete bull. Yes, because uh, that's Matt, just an excuse. You didn't know that. For, you didn't know there were COVID-related delays four days ago, and you just woke up saying, "Wait, I I totally forgot about COVID." That's a smokescreen. Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. it is. Anyway, they go on to say, due to COVID-induced production delays with visual effects, the Jason Momoa starring sequel is being pushed back from December sixteenth to March seventeenth. So December, January, February, March, moving three months. Not a huge move. It's, it's a substantial move, but not a huge move, uh, to March 17th, 2023. Meanwhile, Ezra Miller's first solo outing as a Flash is speeding away from November 4th 
to June 23rd. So December, January, February, March, April, May, seven months. Seven and a half months. Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam is being pushed back three months to from uh from or to October 21st, 2022. So it's still coming out in 2022 at least. And DC's League of Super Pets, which I don't care about, is moving to July 29th. Who cares? Uh, which was Black Adam's original date. I'm getting Chris so mad at me right now. Uh, Super Pets, <laughs> in which Johnson voices Superman's canine best friend, Crypto the Superdog, was previously for May 22nd. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Flash not supposed to come out before Aquaman 2? It was. And now it is not, mm-hmm. which I mean, listen, we, we've seen other, you know, movies move around. And as even like uh, with the MCU, with the whole COVID upheaval, certain movies came out after other ones and maybe it was before. But I, I got to tell you, while there was no official word on this and nobody told me this, there was a part of me that really felt like the flash is going to happen it's going to completely reset our understanding of the DCEU. And then the movies coming afterwards, like Aquaman 2, are going to reflect those changes that we're going to see in The Flash. Granted, nobody ever said that was the case. I was just one of the fans that kind of thought maybe that would be it. With them moving this around now, that Aquaman 2, which was going to come after Flash, now it's coming before, makes me wonder... Does the Flash have any impact on the overall scope of the DCEU? I mean, obviously it does to some degree, because in the Batgirl movie that we're getting, we're going to get the Michael Keaton Batman. So obviously there's some kind of shifting going on there. And I guess, but I guess it had zero impact on Aquaman 2. And now we're getting that first. Okay. First thing I ought to say is with the Flash, again, I think this is the fifth time it's moved. And we're, and we're not even talking about the pandemic. I mean, we're talking about. This Prior. movie was supposed to be in theaters over three years ago. Yeah, yeah we talked about this when I got 2000... first hired. This is this movie's not real. Yeah, the mo- <laughs> uh, it just so I believe this is its fifth move, and it's moving not three months like some of the other. It's moving seven months. It's like all right. I mean, at some point, it's like the boy who cried wolf. I'm just going to stop getting excited about the things Warner Brothers talks about because oh sure, it's coming in three months. Sure, let's get mm-hmm. to it and actually see. Well, I mean, Batman did just come out. So yay, Batman, because it's amazing. But this is a big realigning of philosophies about what they're doing with these movies. And it's not like they moved one or... I mean, they just moved everything around all in one big swoop when we were getting close to some of these coming out. So I don't know, Rob, you see this whole thing. How do you make heads or tails out of this? This is all about Warner's merger with Discovery. I didn't want to say it myself. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it is all about that. And I think you should be excited about Flash because of where they moved it to. They moved it to prime summer movie going season. So they probably know you got Andy Muschietti who's coming off of the It films, which did very, very well. The first it made half a billion dollars. I think what Discovery is doing, they looked at these films and they're like, huh. So I don't know exactly when the Discovery merger is, is going to be finished with Warner Brothers. But they're like, wow, you've got all these heavy hitter movies that are coming out this year. And Warner Brothers box office uh, take at the end of 2022 could be fairly substantial. That will not be the case in 2023 after Discovery has taken over. 
So Discovery would then have to follow up a very successful box office year. Yeah. And they're thinking to themselves, huh, now how can we, how can we do some things and make sure that we still come off after this big merger because there's a lot of money that's changing hands and show what are our two biggest things. Black Adam is a unknown. Dwayne Johnson, still respectable. If it's a big hit, great. Shazam is coming off of not the biggest grossing DC movie, but could do respectable at Christmas. These are two very respectable movies that could do very, very well. And if they do well, great. What we're going to do is we're going to take our two most valuable movies, Aquaman coming off of a billion dollars and Flash, two Batmans and a Justice League character, probably huge coming off of Spider-Verse or uh, uh, No Way Home. Mm -hmm. These are good bets that of what we have coming out, they're the, yeah, they're the old regime because, you know, new coming, new coming regimes want to get rid of all the old stuff. These are our two crown jewels. We move them into 2023 after the Discovery merger is done. They make lots of money and the new regime can be, see, we're, we're, it's almost a, a beautiful transition of power and it shows that Warner Brothers is we're not going to take a box office hit. If anything, we'll make more. And I think it's all about this merger. Now, the one thing, like... But again, that's just speculation. No, and, and it's good speculation because I have the exact same thing in my in my head. Here's the one thing that works against that theory that you and I share. Is the fact that from a legal point of view, Discovery, David Zaslav, and all his executives, as of right now, are legally not allowed to have one single peep of influence over what's going on at Warner Brothers. Until this thing has the I's dotted, the T's crossed, full thing, everything's done, and they take over in May or June, whenever they're supposed to take over. They are technically speaking um, not supposed to have any influence or direct, uh, what's the best word, the direct persuasion over what's going on there. Now, we don't, live in a fantasy world they could very well back channeling being doing that but they do run some legal risks if they do but that could very well be exactly what's happening i I mean so there's that i mean the other kind of thing is there's problems i mean look the director of aquaman 2 just recently got online and said whoo i'm so glad i really needed more time and I don't not believe him, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I, be- what's that? They all need more time. They all need we more, all time. more time. But I remember a few months ago, him being online and specifically saying, I, I feel like I am racing to the finish line here. Mm-hmm. So I believe both can be true. I believe he's absolutely telling the truth that he is very happy to have the extra time. But I also believe that that's not actually the reason they've delayed it seven months. So I, I don't know. But th- unfortunately too, the other part of this from a fan perception is it's, Again, something that makes it look, it was one thing when this was going on in the heart of the pandemic, because we all understood. I mean, every studio was having to scramble, figure out a way to survive, where to put their films and all that kind of stuff. But right now, perception wise, and I'm only talking about perception here, it kind of feeds into that perception that Warner Brothers, when it comes to their DC properties, don't actually have an idea of what they're doing. They don't actually, they're not actually aligned properly. They don't have proper process. The left hand at Warner Brothers is not talking to the right hand at Warner Brothers. There's confusion, there's disarray. And again, one of the big red flags for me is just a week ago, they were telling the world these four films coming out in 2022. <laughs> just a week ago. 
Like, why are you telling the world a week ago that this has happened and then all of a sudden this is this? It just makes it look like a company that does not have its shit together. Absolutely. And fans are furious. All of my Twitter feed was just how angry people were of, yeah, you just told me this a few days ago. You just said that I'm getting these movies. Why am I waiting so much longer for these movies? What's going Except on? Except for Shazam. Yeah. Well, but and and saying it's because of COVID delays is like when a girl says she can't go out with you because she's got to wash her hair. All right, we have dry shampoo. We can make it happen <laughs> if we want to. Like it just you're sounds, letting out the secrets, Chris. I know it's insider info, but it just sounds like such bullshit. Of just oh well, COVID really threw us for a loop. Four days ago it didn't, but today it did. And I I understand it can be both. I absolutely understand it can be both. And you want more time to create a better film, but. Yeah, but it these are the same pinky. fanboys that are denying Avatar 2 is a, is is going to do any business. I mean, that's very true as well. Uh, I mean, look, we're all geeks. We're all nerds. But what we are not is financial geniuses, nor do we understand <laughs> corporate mergers. And, uh, Speak for yourself, Rob. Uh, you know, right? I, mean, hey, over I, here. I don't purport to be some financial genius, but I do understand these big mergers. Uh, all of Hollywood is in a state of disarray. If you talk to everybody at every level of Hollywood, no one knows what the hell's going on. I mean, I, they don't know the future. They, they we're on shifting sands. You know who does know what's going on? David Zaslav knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think all of these merchants. Can you imagine the conversation he has with with somebody at Warner Brothers, John? You know, I I can't tell you what to do. I can't even get involved. But it'd be great to have you in the new regime. And all I would need is perhaps if you changed these or did something. I don't want to influence you. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to influence you. I want to influence you, but I'm just saying, if this movie was at a different time, then maybe we could talk about something. Yeah, it would really be beneficial for us. Here's the thing, too. Look, it's true in your personal life, sports, business, entertainment. Momentum means something. Mm -hmm. When I look at Warner Brothers and their state of DC right now. And Warner Brothers is one of my favorite things. I got dear friends at Warner Brothers. I mean, I, I love Warner Brothers. I do too. But they are coming off of an incredible win with the Batman. I mean, Oscar level win with the Batman. This movie is brilliance. Absolute brilliance. I love this movie. And a lot of people do. They killed it. On top of that, you have... A big amount of momentum. So there you have some momentum right there. You have the momentum created by somebody else for you in Spider-Man No Way Home with the whole concept mm -hmm. of multiverse and all that kind of stuff that's made it more palatable to audiences right now than probably the concept has ever been. So you have some real solid momentum. They know this because they decided, hey, this Batman movie's awesome. Let's put this big promo about our other DC movies coming in 2022. And they gave us this big thing with Black Adam and Shazam and Aquaman. And we get to see all these guys too, right? So they understood. Yep, momentum. They just killed all the positive momentum they had going. Because now, whereas 24 hours ago, we're all talking about, man, woo, DC with their stuff going. They thought up Joker with the Batman. Can't wait to see where Batman's going to go. Now we got Flash coming. We got Black Eyed. We went from that 24 hours ago to everybody online being, oh my God, that's right. This is this is Warner Brothers dealing with DC. Oh my God, we forgot. And they just killed all that momentum. <laughs> and look, make no mistake about it. I am still extremely excited 
for Shazam 2, even though I wonder if they're showing a lot of confidence in it, but I don't care. I love Shazam. I'm extremely excited still for Aquaman whenever it comes out. I am excited for Black Adam whenever it comes out. I'm excited for The Flash whenever it comes out. I just kind of feel like, guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? They're they're prepping for one of the biggest entertainment mergers in the history of entertainment. Which is what they should not be doing at all because, I mean, legally speaking, they shouldn't be and they should be approaching their... Because here's what it's telling you. It's telling you either this was the best strategy three months ago or it wasn't and you were either wrong then or you're wrong now and and it so even then it, it it kind of sets up this whole thing about it doesn't look like they know what they're doing and i think the people who are warner brothers are incredibly sharp other than maybe kalar but i think everybody over there is incredibly sharp and incredibly smart but it just baffles me when i see people who are so much smarter than me doing such dumb things but i think look i think though that what we see like we're looking at it from a fan perspective and I agree with you. You know, me too. I've seen a lot of people all angry about this. But you know what? I think that we'll get over that because we, I mean, yeah. Do I want to see The Flash? I do. But I I look at that move of The Flash to June. It's June, what, 3rd or something? Beginning so. of June, June. That's, to me, saying they're moving The Flash onto one of the most desirable pieces of cinematic release date, real estate that exists. Opening a movie in early June for the summer movie season is a huge vote of confidence. And they're like, yeah, we got King Kong. We're going to open it up on this day and unleash it on the world. And um, I, I think that that in a way I would look at this as exciting that we're going to get two great movies in Aquaman and Flash. Again, though, it just confused me that four days ago they didn't think that. I know, but remember that was a four long days. lead time, too. Like, they had released that 2022 thing online, and, and I think they probably thought that was what they were going to do. But again, that was just a short time ago. I know. So how, how, how do you go from, we are so concrete certain that this is what we're doing just a couple of weeks ago, that we are going to put together this big promo package and put in front of these movies and get our... How do you go from that to we have to completely change direction mm -hmm. in 14 days? Yeah. Well, I think it was I think that they it was a long lead time when they prepared that trailer and released it. So it wasn't like they just made that trailer last week and sent it out. I think that there was a lot of contemplation that went into. But this they were move. playing it last week. I know they were. I know. And they probably thought, well, you know, I think this new strategy trumps the idea of that because look i think it's silly too i'm looking at those things yeah. going especially with the flash <laughs> i mean dude i don't i think we've been talking about the flash i've been streaming with you since april of 2015 yeah and yeah. i think you and i on heroes and everything yeah. with Schnepp, oh yeah ever we've since. been talking about this movie for seven 100%. years <laughs> i mean how 100%. many directors remember when the director of yeah. dope was going to direct this yep. movie rick uh yeah remember who, when who's the, directed episodes of the mandalorian remember when the directors of game night we're directing it. Mm -hmm. Yep, they're gone now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but but remember when Ezra Miller wanted Warner Brothers to read his script for the Flash? Oh yeah, that was like years ago. And, and you know what though? Was you know on. what though? They pushed it up, and now the Flash has turned into this movie there that Michael Keaton is in, that Ben Affleck is in. God only knows what other cameos are going to be in this movie. Who knows? But the fact that they've moved it onto one of the most desirable pieces of cinematic real estate tells me something. Well, it, 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 I don't know. To me, it tells me they're clueless because they had a lot of momentum coming out of the Batman. Exactly. That momentum's gone now. It is just running right by me wanting to see it. But <laughs> yeah. will most people know that, though, or only people that, you know. 
I don't know. I think a lot of people saw the Batman. They saw these movies are coming. Now they're gone. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, we'll, what we'll have to see. Easy fix going into it. Just take the 22 out of that trailer. If you have any doubts, just take out the coming in 2022. Yeah. If there was any doubts, just take that. Just, just, just say coming. Coming. Yeah. The DCEU. Which, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did just that. Well, now. Maybe not yeah. us, too. But they probably should have done that before. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Guys, the question is for you. I mean, make no mistake about it. I'll say it again. Regardless of all this, I'm still looking forward. I mean, not Super Pets. Fuck that movie. But I am totally excited. <laughs> they moved it because they heard you, John. They're they like, we heard gotta, me. We got to bring this up to But I would have to say, too, did you see Dwayne Johnson on, I think it was on Instagram? He made the announcement, you know, in his beautiful, I guess, Hawaiian backdrop, the oceans in the background. Well, he said, I'm planting the flag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but millions of people saw, probably more people saw Dwayne Johnson's Instagram post about that than saw, even saw the Batman domestically. Uh, Some of the people in the chat are saying that the Flash release date is the same release date as the 89 Michael Keaton Batman movie. That was June 19th, right? June 23rd. Oh, June 23rd. Oh, that's oh. right. I saw June 19th. So uh, I don't know if that has anything to play with it. I don't. It doesn't make it any better. I mean, but. that's that's that, if that were true, and if that was by true, I mean the reasoning behind it. That's very poetic. That's a stupid reason to move a movie seven months. I know. Well, they move super pets, so it's, they're already dumb. Especially, <laughs> especially what are Ray and I going to watch now? Five times already. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Again, I'm still looking forward to all these movies, Sans Super Pets. I'm looking forward to all of them. Can't wait to see them. But I felt like they had a lot of momentum come out of Batman. I think they had a lot of momentum coming with Spider-Man No Way Home. And I feel like that's gone. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe it's nothing at all. However you guys are seeing it, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right. Let's get into your live comments and questions that sent in. And apparently I didn't get them turned off fast enough because there's a lot. And we are committed to getting through every single one of them that gets sent in. So let's jump into it right now. Chris, what do we got? First, we have just some support. We've got Book Lover, who loves to cook, who sends in $20. Thank you so much. Then Blaine Melvin, who sends in some support. Tim, uh, Tina Hesse, Ethan Kelly. Thank you, guys. Oh, my gosh. Y'all are awesome. Chef Rigo. Chef Rico. Congrats on 200 million views, guys. Hope to see you guys tomorrow or this weekend. My manager wants to make sure you guys get great service. Remember, it's not show friends or show business. It's Shogun. It's Shogun. Uh, yeah. And I think yeah, we got to talk about this afterwards, but I think maybe Monday Monday or Tuesday we should uh, plan to ha- go have dinner at Shogun. Well, I won't be able to go with you guys. Oh, well, we'll, we'll play a plan tonight okay. that you are able to go Thanks. because uh, we got to celebrate the 200 million views plateau. Yeah, we should just invite everybody to just jam the restaurant. <laughs> I just, well, just come on and join us. I'm sure, I'm sure Shogun would like that. All right, what's next? From BJ, have we not heard anything from the studios regarding the AMC price hike? Does it play into some long-term goal involving streaming? Well, here's the thing. The studios don't care because the more that the theaters charge for movies, the more money they get. Yeah. Remember, they get a, they get a percentage, whether that whether the ticket is $5 or whether the ticket is $20, they get a certain percentage of what that ticket is. So, But, I mean, they need to care because this is a systemic problem. This is an issue that affects the entire industry. The more you drive film fans away from coming to the movies, the less money everybody's going to make. And the less money they make, they increase prices to compensate. By increasing prices, you cause less people to come, making you raise prices again. It's a death spiral. That the entire industry is in right now. Not only that, John, I think it's a really great move when gas prices are in 
more than they've been in 40 years and inflation runaway inflation's happening this is the perfect perfect time yeah. to raise ticket prices for blockbuster movies now, I'll, I'll, i will give them a little bit of slack that they didn't know the gas prices like they didn't know everything with russia was going to happen mm. and everything so i'll give them a little slack but still it's we had a big I, old spike in 2008 yeah that's it's true but then we also had the subprime meltdown yeah. of the entire financial all right what's next sector. Okay, Major, it's official. Flash is cursed. I mean, I don't know how many times this movie's got to get delayed, lose directors, lose writers, lose... I mean, how many... I don't know. Like, look, you know, at this point, Flash is dead to me. I mean, just just wake me up when it's coming out. I, at, at this point, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I've gotten my hopes up too many times. I've gotten excited too many times for it. And it's like, you know what? Just screw you just let me know when it's coming out and, and i'll go see it and i'll be excited to see it but just wake me when it's when it's over or when it's time wake me when it's time all right what's next wake Second me up before you disaster. Go, go. <laughs> loved the dark knight movie club thank you man if you want to see a great making of the batmobile watch the batman vs superman special feature disc i'm sure rob can let you borrow it john oh, i'm sure rob has it are you familiar with the with batman the superman you're about? yeah yeah i've the, got two versions of that on blu-ray the making of the 4K. of the batmobile yeah i, would I like think to it's see online that. though I think if, it's on YouTube I wouldn't well. doubt it if it was yeah. online. Yeah. All right. What's next? From a niche. Over under 40% Chris's car breaks down next week. Glad to have you back, uh, back safe, Chris. If I don't get rid of this car this week, you guys, I'm going to lose it. Now, you are supposed to get your new car on Monday, I'm right? I'm supposed to get it on Monday, and I'm hoping I get it on Monday. But just, just, send me good vibes, y'all. All right. I want to get what's rid of this Sonata. Next? Well, shit. By the time The Flash comes out, time travel itself would have been a reality. As Aquaman would say, fuck you, Barry. Yeah, I, it, it's, huh. it's true. It's like, so I th saw somebody in the live chat right as we were talking about it. It's like, maybe this is all just Barry messing with the timelines. Yeah. Things like, maybe, I suppose, I, I guess. Because, man, I, this movie was supposed to come up. Like, it was two DC fandoms ago that they were talking about it and showing all the stuff that was two dc fandoms ago and and here we are maybe they could shoot a bunch more cameos yeah maybe Get that's it you movie. know what the kitties like they like the cameos shiny keys look here everybody cameo i don't know we'll see all right what's next all right one of four from andy uh the changing of release dates for dceu films would be so disappointing if this universe and the people behind it weren't so disappointing <laughs> oh, to begin with oh dear <laughs> wow. i used to cheer on and defend wb and get excited for dceu but clearly, there's no creative figurehead in charge or organization in their projects. I love Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Wonder Woman, The Suicide Squad, and Shazam. But I've been utterly jaded by the direction of the DCEU already. At this point, to me, it's like WB is playing the Olympics with themselves to see how they can top themselves in making the DEC DCEU look like a messier train wreck. And here's the, here's the irony of all that. The irony of all that is the fact that 24 hours ago, my perception was completely different. My perception was they've steadied the ship. They had this huge success with Joker. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Birds of Prey, but whatever. A lot of people are. I think somebody in this room is a big fan of the I movie. love it. So, I mean, that's fine. But you had the incredible success with Joker. You still have the, the, the vision that even Marvel lacks yeah. to do these outside of your shared cinematic universe stories. And you come out with the Batman, which is an absolute triumph. And it like 24 hours ago, my perception is, holy shit, they have righted the ship. They've now got their North Star. 24 hours later, oh, I forgot. 
It's DC under Warner Brothers. God, Discovery cannot get here fast enough. Discovery cannot come fast enough. All right. Thanks for writing that in, Andy. All right. What's next? From Joel. Hey, John and crew. So I've seen the new Star Trek movies and loved them. I want to get into the older series or films. For your first time, should you watch them in release order or in timeline order? Uh, okay. So I'm going to give mine first because then I'm going to hand it over to Rob, who's most certainly going to give you a different one. But I would say, honestly, get into the original series first. Like, go back and check out the original series. Maybe you have already and you just never watched the movies, but I would honestly say start with the original Star Trek series. I would then say feel completely free to skip over the original Star Trek motion picture um, and go right to Wrath of Khan. Especially, actually, if you go back and watch the original series and you watch the Wrath of Khan episode, feel free to then just fast forward and go right to Wrath of Khan because that's a fun viewing experience. But uh, then then, then the, the, the funny... The, the slogan thing about the original Star Trek movies is watch the even number ones, skip the odd, you can skip the odd number ones. Watch two, four, and six, skip one, three, and five. Um, I think you can do that, but I know somebody in this room is actually a big appreciator of that original Star Trek movie. Yes, well, one of the great things that's coming out in this year, in 2022, is the Robert Wise, who directed Star Trek The Motion Picture, also directed the original West Side Story. He directed Sound of Music, or he co-directed West Side Story. He directed Sound of Music. He directed The Andromeda Strain, The Day of the Earth Stood Still. There was a director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture that was made back and came out in 2001. It has now been restored in 4K, and it's one of Paramount Plus's big releases of this year. They've been working on it. They're finishing it up. Wait to watch that version of Star Trek, the motion picture, because I think it's quite, quite awesome. Um, but if you're going to watch Star Trek, uh, I would say do just that. Go back and watch the original series, sample each series leading up to the films, because there is a continuity in the Star Trek movies. And if you watch the original series and then watch Star Trek, the motion picture, Star Trek two, Star Trek three, Star Trek four, then the original uh, Star Trek, the next generation debuts, then Star Trek five, then Star Trek six in 1991, then Deep Space Nine in 93 and Voyager in 95. And there is a continuity between all of this Star Trek that spans about 100 years of in-universe time that's kind of fun to follow as it develops. So that's what I would say. All right. And good on you for getting into the Star Trek movies, man. All right. What's next? From Anish. Hello, gang. Quick question. How does the responsibility of the casting director defer from the director when casting a role? Ultimately, it is the director's decision. Mm -hmm. it, it's like everything else in the movie. There's The cinematographer makes a lot of cinematography choices, but it's all got to be approved by the director. The costume designer will make a lot of costume decisions, but they've all got to be run by and approved by the director. Everything ultimately comes down to that so when it comes to a casting director yeah the casting director is the one responsible for like bringing to the director here's who we're thinking this is what we like but at the end of the day the director's got to be the one who approves it actually when we had james gunn in the studio <laughs> with us they were talking about the process of casting chris pratt and he was joking about how i can't remember the name of the casting director it was it was a woman that was the casting director at the time for marvel and he said, I'm just going to make up a name. Let's just call her Eileen. He said, yeah, Eileen kept telling me, I really, I need you to get in a room with Chris Pratt. I, I want you to meet Chris Pratt. I'm like, but the, 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 the chubby guy from, from Parks and Rec? No, not interested in Chris Pratt. He's not right for my Star-Lord. And then they would, he, they would shoot. Eileen would send him more people to, to look at and talk to and, and see their tests. And she kept coming back to him. I really want to get you in a room with Chris Pratt, blah, blah, blah. And it took a couple of months before he finally said, fine. 
And then he said, well, shit, he's the guy. <laughs> like immediately he was like, he's the guy. He's like, but again, it's, it's all really comes down to the director. Yeah, it does. But I have to tell you, you just pointed out why a great casting director yes. is essential. And that was Sarah Finn. Uh, well, Thank you. Thank and by you, the way, Sarah Finn does a lot of the Marvel yep. movies and she's a genius. The thing about casting directors is obviously casting directors jobs are to know all of the actors that are out there. It's a skill. And when you have a great casting person, they have a vision. They read your script that the director and the writer have given them. And a great casting director has a vision for what this cast is going to be. That's what they do. And they're there to serve the director's vision. But they're also there to bring the director things that the director didn't even know they wanted. But the casting director knows. Which is which is also true of all the department heads. Absolutely. Cinematography, costume, makeup, set design, all that kind of, it all funnels back. And you know, the there are actors, Gabriel Byrne once said to me in Love an interview him. I was doing for Usual Suspects. Love him in that. He said to me that, that one of the jobs that a casting director and a director does is the most important thing is you have to cast your movie properly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And once you've done that, you've done a great deal of the work because those that that cast that's put together by that director, the casting director that then the director approves is what becomes look at the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a stellar cast. Yep. And you know what the studio didn't say you have to hire this A-list A number 1 actor. And that does happen sometimes. It happens, but they allowed they allowed those people to do their jobs and Feige's like that's why I hired you people. Yeah. Um, speaking of Gabriel Byrne, I love him as D'Artagnan in uh, Man in the Iron Mask. Oh. He, uh, he's the best. I love him in that. All right, he's anyway, sorry. What's next? Mark Amorosi. Hey, John, loved the Obi-Wan trailer. Can't wait for this series. Dude, I'm telling you what. I was, uh, look, we always say the job of a trailer, take your excitement level, no matter how high or how low it is, and bump it up a couple of notches. I was already looking forward to Obi-Wan. Boom, 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 boom. I threw the roof, loved it. Not the greatest trailer I've seen this year, but an incredibly solid one. And Deborah Chow, you knew she was going to deliver. You knew she was going to deliver. Cannot wait to see this. All right, what's next? From T-Bone. In honor of Bullet Train using it, allow me to shout out the best song mashup of all time, Stayin' Alive and Nelly's Hot in Here, DJ Lobster Dust. Look, I know all I know is that when we were watching that Bullet Train trailer and they were playing Stayin' Alive in Japanese, mm -hmm. I thought... Aaron was going to break into tears. Oh yeah. Cause Aaron was in here. Aaron Cummings was in here. She's off shooting the, uh, the show, the TV show SWAT, SWAT today. That's what Aaron's doing today. So good luck on that, Aaron. Um, but she almost cried. She was get out. Like she was like, aren't this is I'm staying alive in Japanese. And she was just freaking out. She loved it so much. That trailer is so great. Oh, it's so, so good. And Zach who wrote it has been pitching scripts for so long in Hollywood with people buying up his scripts because they're so good that they don't want other people to get him. And he's just amazing. He's such a good writer. And how great was watching that trailer on the big screen in front of Batman? Oh, oh man. That was really oh, cool. All right, what's next? Out of time, 1985. John, over or under 30% that Lightyear will be put onto Disney Plus only. Also, if that happens, how pissed do you think Pixar would be? I... Okay. I... I think it's under 30%, but I wouldn't put it under 10%. Right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put anything by Bob Chapek at this point. Uh, again, I'm, I'm still cheer Like, as as many of the, the negative things I say about Bob Chapek, and you may find this hard to believe, I actually am deep down really rooting for him. And and I want to I see him succeed. I really do. Uh, so I will continue to I will continue to be cr critical, but I will continue to cheer. For he him. was a real friend to home entertainment back in the aughts. I remember you were, you were talking about that. 
but he is he has alienated and pissed off a lot of people at Pixar. And I hear every day from either employees at Disney or at Pixar who write to me to talk about their feelings about the current administration, the current regime, if you will, running Disney. I got an email last night from, I don't know how to term it other than a Disney executive who is extremely disillusioned with where things are right now. Um, I said this on a previous episode. I will say it again. If they came out and announced that Lightyear was also going to go straight to Disney+, Plus, I honestly believe there would be an emergency board meeting called for the board by the board of Disney. And remember, the big difference between Big Papa Iger's administration here and Bob Chapek was that Bob Iger was also the chairman of the board. Bob Chapek is not. And I honestly think if they'd pulled out something like that with Lightyear, it will cause a domino effect. I honestly believe that they are one match strike away at Pixar from blowing up. I have been told that there are some major, major creatives at Pixar and other Disney bodies that are already creating what this executive referred to me as. Uh, you know what? Let me open up the email and look at exactly what would the uh, like a, a safety a safety net. Mm. A lot of these creatives are already setting up safety nets at other studios and companies looking to get out. And I feel like if they announced that they were putting Lightyear straight to Disney Plus, I believe that would start a domino effect that would culminate in an emergency board meeting of the Disney board to oust Bob Chapek. And I think Bob Chapek knows that. And so, no, I, I, I got to believe it's under 30%. What do you think, Rob? I, I think so, because it just looks like such a big budget animated yeah. summer extravaganza. It looks so beautifully made that it demands to be seen on a big screen. Um, not that not that seeing red doesn't, but the story and scope is, is smaller. It's more intimate that they could maybe get away with that. But like you said, John, I couldn't say I wouldn't bet for sure that they wouldn't do it. It depends if seeing red drives subscriptions up by 10 million or something. They're like, oh, we're going to change it around because it's all based on those economics. Mm -hmm. All right. What's next? From Ty Burton, fun fact, in addition to directing every episode of Obi-Wan this year, Deborah Chow also directed the music video for the Red Hot Chili Peppers' newest single, Black Summer. Also, that song slaps. I, I have not heard it yet. I haven't either. I didn't even know she's... I had no idea about any of that, but sign me up. I don't want them to give it away, give it away, give it away That'd be so different. Wow. I love their songs about California. There's just so many of them. All right, what's next? Under the bridge, man. Blaine Melvin. Hi, John and crew from Scotland. Thanks for making my workday pass a bit quicker and for making me rewatch The Dark Knight. Bring on the filthy. You know, honestly, that is one of the things, that, kind of our goals about Movie Club is to do things. Give y'all an excuse to get back and rewatch some of these great films. But also we had some people writing and saying, I hadn't watched The Dark Knight yet. And hopefully doing Movie Club. So look, Rob and I are actually getting, Rob and I are going to go have lunch today. And we are, because we have not announced what the next Movie Club is yet. Because we haven't decided. We don't know. Uh, but we are actually going to go out for lunch today. We're going to create a calendar. We're going to create, at least, we're not going to go too far in advance. We'll probably at least come up with the next two to three months of what movie club is. And we will publish that and let you guys see what that is. But we want people to watch these movies that maybe they never watched. Give them, a, give them a motivation to do that and go back and rewatch some of these great movies. So thanks for joining us for movie club, man. All right. What's next? From uh, Alex Rahala. 
With The Flash being such a monumental movie for the future of DCEU, does changing its release timeline yet again bring more confusion than clarity over where WB is trying to take this franchise? Yes, 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 and yes. And, and let me also mention this, Alex, that it makes me question how important it is to the future of the DCEU. I mean, you literally just took one of the major DC movies that's supposed to come after that movie, and you've now moved it before. So it's left me wondering, well, how important is it? So I, I don't know. So the answer to your questions is yes, it causes all that. All right, what's next? From Rolando Jasperson. Watching The Dark Knight last night, I can't really choose between it and The Batman. Two distinct depictions of art, looking at two paintings of the same thing. Hey, listen, mm -hmm. Rolando, we, all of us have talked about this here. Mm -hmm. The very fact that the question even exists, is this movie as good as or better than The Dark Knight? I mean, you may come to the conclusion that it's still The Dark Knight. You may come to the conclusion that it's The Batman. But the very fact that it's even a debate is a phenomenal win for Matt Reeves and the good folks at Warner Brothers. A phenomenal win for them. Because, Rob, I'll tell you what, while we all, I remember months ago, people writing saying, do you think the Batman's going to be as good as the Dark Knight? And I'd be like, guys, come, come on, come on. But it's unfair to make that comparison. Some people consider the Dark Knight to be the greatest comic book film of all time. Hell, maybe one of the greatest films of all time. It's not fair to come out and make comparisons to that. We just want it to be a good movie. The very fact that now, after seeing it, people are having this conversation, Rob, is huge. It's huge. Where are you right now at on that, on that debate? Oh, I'm like, it's just different. You know, it's like if you think about the Batman films, obviously, in a way, I kind of think of the Dark Knight as Star Wars and the Batman as Empire Strikes Back, if that makes any sense. Take that what use that take that as what it is. I mean, one movie is is a lot of fun and wildly entertaining and has this incredible uh, it's an incredible experience seeing it for the first time. And Empire builds on that experience, just like the Batman. It's just different. But that doesn't mean they're like because they both have Batman in it. We're like, well, what's better? I would say they're totally different experiences that that give you different things. And I think each experience is equally valid. I'll tell you what. If you if we had put out a poll. Say two weeks ago. And said, what do you think will be better? The Dark Knight or the Batman? It would have been a ninety five to five win for the Dark Knight. Agreed. We put up a poll while we were doing the movie club of the dark Knight, and we asked while talking about the dark Knight, we asked the audience what do you prefer the batman or the dark Knight?" it was only 60 to 40 percent 40 percent of the people said they preferred the batman that's crazy anyway let's move on what's next the darman i think shazam 2 will be fine jumanji made 900 million against star wars in 2017 spider-verse made decent money against aquaman shazam 2 was never a billion dollar film aquaman 2 is and avatar would hurt but see you just kind of contradicted yourself a little bit there see on the one hand darman you're right christmas is a big 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 time of year lots of movies can make lots of money but Shazam 2, Shazam is not a big, huge franchise, box office-wise. Now, you put in a big hitter in the neighborhood of big hitter, both can make money. They're going to they're cannibalize each other a bit, yes, but they can both still come out on top because of the time of year. There's more money to be made at the box office in those two weeks than any other time in the year. But a movie like Shazam that isn't one of those big hitters, I think very easily could drown. And, and I hope not, because, again, you know what a big fan I am of this of Shazam and this take on I, I love it. But 
here's hoping, Darman. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that you're right, man. I, I love this franchise. I love Shazam. I love this cast. Um, I want to see it succeed, and uh, I hope you're right, dude. All you right. know, John, too, the one thing I want to say about Avatar 2, this movie has also been made, it's been in production for a very long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They know what they have. Somebody knows that the, this is not Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody knows. Gosh, yep. All right, what's next? From Shelby. Love how everyone suddenly became the morality police after the uh, Multiverse of Madness trailer. Wanda's Hex was probably the best thing that happened to New Jersey since... <laughs> Anything. Since Jersey Shore, almost every MCU character has blood on their hands. Endless pain and grief. That's typical Friday night here on the East Coast. <laughs> Shelby, you're amazing. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what Shelby's talking about, though. Everyone's the morality. Was, why is there some oh, kind of backlash? Wanda being the bad guy. Yeah. That's what she's saying is like. This was Urban Renewal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made Jersey look very livable. Yeah, come fantastic. on. Who doesn't want to live there? <laughs> you know what? I have, I have been through Jersey. I've never spent any time there, though. Like, I, I've been to Detroit. Princeton's been... beautiful. Is that where Princeton is yeah. in Jersey? Oh, yeah, I also know this, though. The New York Giants and the New York Jets do not play in New York. They all play in New Jersey. That's That's always been one of the biggest weird things to me. It's like, the New York Jets, where are they? They're in New Jersey. But they're the New York Jets. Yes. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. What's next? Thanks for that, Shelby. Spencer Cooper, what is your thoughts on 1997 film The Game by Fincher? I was amazingly taken by it. Now, I watched it again a couple of years ago. You got Sean Penn, Michael Douglas. I watched it again a few years ago. I didn't love it as much as the first time I did. Mm. Like, the suspension of disbelief. I realized, wow, there was a bigger suspension of disbelief in this than I remember there being. But it's still a profound film. It actually makes you ask a lot of very interesting questions. Um, so it's a fun movie. I really do quite like it. It's not like a... I wouldn't have it in my top 50 like some people would, but I, I really do like it. What about you, Rob? I love it, but like you said, <laughs> it, it, has a real, it, has a, the, it has a real problem with suspension of disbelief. The first time you watch it, though, it's pretty damn good. I mean, and it's beautifully made, like it all is. of Fincher's movies. Made. Sean Penn's great in it, by the great way. Great in it. All right, what's next? Pablo Zuniga, congrats on 200 million. Thank you. Been watching for 10 years now, and wow. just wanted to say thanks for all the years of the show. Here's to another 100 million. Um, yeah, again, for those of you who might have missed this, we, the John Campia Show YouTube channel has crossed 200 million views. The remarkable thing about that to me is the fact that we celebrated 100 million views right as the pandemic was ready to kick off. And so we have added 100 million views on this channel. You guys have added 100 million views onto this channel when there were no movies. I, I mean, I'm just floored by that. And it's, it's a testament to how supportive this community has been to allowing us to do what we do. And uh, thank you so much. I mean, I, I honestly, some people will not be a little bit facetious when they say, oh, we never thought we'd. I never thought this channel would be 200 million views. Like, I never thought we would. That's get a here. staggering number. I saw us getting to 100 million views. I, I never saw us getting to 200 million views. So being here is pretty awesome. So thank you to everybody for making that possible. All right, what's next? From Mike Hill. I think if they do the God of War series in a Spartacus kind of style, it could be epic. Not copy things, but similar style. What do you think? I mean, the God of War series, when you look at God of War, the game, which is what it'd be based on, it already kind of has a Spartacus kind of feel okay. to it in, in some ways. 
But I really want them to lean into the mythology. I want them to lean. Yeah. Like when you go through that God of War game, it is it is so embraces mythology in so many different levels, like throughout it. And it plays with the mythologies. And the ending to it, kind of like the post-credits of the game, like when the name of the boy is revealed, you're like, holy shit, of course, right? Like the way they lean into it, is so profound. I really hope they bring that aspect. I mean, look, I, I, I'm fine with whatever approach they want to take. I want to see what their vision is. But I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I was kind of hoping they stick to that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, all right, what's next? Chris Barcenas. I'm going to be 50 by the time Black Adam comes out. Well, what if you're you know, 49 by now, then yes, you're right. You will be 50 by the time. If you're 28 right now, you might not say, be wrong about I that hope either. he's writing in and he's 15. He's like, oh. <laughs> All right, what's next? Danito, still waiting for the Trade Federation show. Yeah, no, that, that won't happen. But I'll tell you what, it might be the number one most watched viewed thing on the John Campy YouTube channel ever. What if you did it like Superstore and it was how the Trade Federation tried to conduct business on a daily basis and they just weren't very oh, good man. at it? So I would Ray, watch that. Ray Ora's Newt Gunray. <laughs> Yeah, no. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Never do it, but man, it would be the number the one rated Star thing we could Wars possibly sitcom. do. All right, what's next? The House That Hulk Built. More recommendations for Movie Club are Blue is the Warmest Color. Probably not. A Serbian film. And oh. Antichrist, the William Defoe film. Wow, and yeah. there's oh, a triple films. feature. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know what, though? I got to give, I got to, kudos for, uh, for you going for that foreign film, you know, yeah. French film, a Danish film, and a Serbian film. So, all right, next up. Friend of the show, Kevin Cow. I can't wait to see The Flash in 2030, LOL. <laughs> but Shazam arriving early is a treat for the holidays and can't wait for Obi-Wan. What a trailer. The trailer was great, and I have a feeling we're going to get another one. They're definitely going to drop one that showcases more Vader, because if they thought everybody got excited yesterday... They're going to break us up into like a frothy mouth frenzy yeah. if they once they drop one out. If we even see Vader and Obi-Wan looking at each other at any point, the Internet's going to break. Uh, how much sand do you think gets in Vader's helmet? Oh, man. And he a hates lot it. of sand. He, he hates, hates it so much. It's rough and it's coarse. Ugh, gets everywhere. Dude, it gets everywhere. Especially when you got the buttons. Oh, man. He's really going to hate that shit. All right. What's next? Michael Brandy. Boy. Too bad about Red Sonia, which begs the question is the window for King Conan closed? Arnold is 74 and recently had a second heart procedure. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, Arnold has been like for five years been saying King Conan anytime. We've been saying for five, it's not going to happen. It's it, The window is absolutely closed on it. Um, you know, they tried to relaunch Conan with Jason Momoa. And I, I will tell you what, the first act of that film I liked. The opening is brutal. Like the, the birth of Conan and all that. Kind of, the opening is like really brutal and awesome in many ways. And I thought the first act of the film was really good. It kind of falls apart. It's also got another one of my favorite guys in it, Stephen Lang. Oh yeah, uh, I love slang, but um, but yeah, I think I think Rob, any disagreement? Like I think no, the I agree windows with you. closed, and then it just it kind of falls apart. But I I mean I liked I liked it at first, you know the you know what the problem was, John? I thought like it turned into two f CG fa fantasy. The first Conan was filmed on location, you know, mm -hmm. and it 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 was in a way sort of stripped down. It wasn't some big overblown thing and i i think that's what conan needs all right what's next andy writing in again 
delays happening because Barry screwed the timeline. That's what I said. Damn it, Barry. Damn it, Barry. Barry. All right, what's next? Simon Charles. Hey, John, I love comedies. Me too, man. Who is the most talented actor between Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Eddie Murphy, Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, and Jim Carrey? Wow. I mean, it all depends on which... Are you, like, as a purely a comedic performer or as an overall actor? If you're talking as an overall actor, I might have to go Adam Sandler. Like, when, when Sandler does drama... He is straight up Oscar worthy. Like whether it's Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, which I didn't like as much as most people did, to be honest, but his performance is yeah. insanely good. Rain Over Me, I thought he deserved an Academy Award nomination for that. Mm-hmm. When he just does drama, he is a he is gifted like very few people are born to be gifted. Jim Carrey's obviously wonderful as well. So now if you're talking about yeah. just as a comedic performer, I'd probably have to go Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's got a way of, of he he can play like he can be a zany character like in Dodgeball. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, so he can be, be that character in Dodgeball, but he can also kind of just be the normal guy thrown into a ridiculous situation. Yeah. Um, and so while all the rest of them are fantastic, Jim Carrey, like all of them, I think maybe the most well-rounded, best comedic performer might be Ben Stiller out of that list. I don't know. What about you, Rob, out of that list? You know, it's a tough one. I mean, it's the thing about Jim Carrey, though, is when he does like Eternal Sunshine or Truman Show, he he shows a pretty, pretty big range. But he's, again, never done something like Uncut Gems. I don't think he's ever gone out of being just Jim Carrey, but I don't know what that's a tough one for me. Well, and the best comedians, the best comedic actors are tour de force actors. Right. It is so much harder to get someone to laugh with you than to cry with you because yep. most people are chock full of empathy and you see another human struggling and crying, you feel for them. Getting somebody to take comedic twists and turns with you, that is a much harder skill set. I mean, I would say that comedians turn to actors. One of my favorites is was always Robin Williams. Oh, absolutely. And I think that it, when he talks about his wife in Goodwill Hunting, I will end you. I think that might be one of the most beautiful pieces of dramatic acting by a comedian oh. ever, but that that's, he's not in the list. No, I guess yeah. Somebody else is, is, somebody's writing into the thing. Oh, uh, Tom Hanks. Well, okay. Yeah. But Tom Hanks isn't on the list. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously the answer is Tom Hanks, but, <laughs> but Tom Hanks isn't on the stand. List. I mean, all these yeah, guys are stand up like literal well, real that's comedians. What Tom Hanks was. Yeah. Oh, did I mean, he? Uh, he didn't know. Yeah, like, I didn't realize like, that. Tom yeah. Hanks was that guy. He was bosom buddies. He was Joe versus Volcano. He was big. He was, he, he did stand up. He did. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize he had done. It stand-up. wasn't until he did Philadelphia that people went, Oh my God. And then he, and he won best actor of the Academy Awards. And then he did it again the following year. One best actor of the Academy Awards the following year for Forrest Gump. It's like one of the greatest streaks. And then whenever he was in a movie, he was just nominated. But yeah, so I, I think the answer is clearly Tom Hanks, but that wasn't <laughs> one of the options. So we're going with the one who was on the options. All right, what's next? Uh, Elizabeth Hirado, is D23 Expo still happening this year? Is, I don't know if D23 is happening this year. I think it is. I know Star Wars Celebration is. Yeah, I'm going to that. I, I'll probably end up going to that too. Is that so, Chicago? Uh, no, Star it's in Anaheim. Oh, no. it's in Anaheim yeah. here? Anaheim oh, okay. here, yeah. So I think I'll probably go to that, too. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Uh, Rob McDonald. For Movie Club, since you've already done Iron Man, maybe you could do Thor next? I'm assuming you're not going to do Incredible Hulk or Iron Man 2. Uh, yeah, those two won't get done. Thor will absolutely be done. Thor will absolutely be covered. I, I think that is the second most underrated comic book movie of all time, right behind Man of Steel. Uh, but yeah, 
Uh, D23 is still taking place this year, September 9th, 10th, and 11th at the Anaheim Convention Center. So both are going to be in Anaheim. Okay. It's right on their website. All right. Perfect. There you go. Thanks for looking that up, Ray. That's why we got him here. All right. What's next? (laughs) Cara Black sending in an almost $20 super chat. Thank you, Cara. Imagine the third sister, after killing that Jedi on Tatooine, walks into that room and it lights up just like the carbon freezing chamber and Vader says, the force is with you, young Inquisitor, but you are not a Sith yet. I don't think Inquisitors can become Sith. I don't know the minutia enough. Yeah, I'll works. be honest with you. I'm still not 100% clear. Like, after going through the game Fallen Order and watching mm-hmm. Rebels, I'm still not really completely clear on the distinction between Sith. I mean, other than there is a rule. There can only be two. There's a rule. So I guess I guess that's the answer to the question. You can be an Inquisitor. You can be a Force user. We'll help you become a real badass. But make no mistake, you ain't Sith because there can only be two. I suppose I just answered my own question. Um, but yeah, I'm the, I just cannot wait to see Kara, what they're going to do with Vader in this. I, again, I was very, look, there's still a part of me that's like, you're kind of breaking canon. You're retconning what, what but you know what, whatever. Uh, tell your story. And if you tell us something awesome and it's great and it's fun, kudos. All right, what's next? Ben Rayner, just waiting for Obi-Wan Day, May 25th. On the side, uh, one side note, Super Nintendo is the best ever kid of 90s here. Happy Mario Day. Super Mario World is the best. Has, have, you know, I asked earlier if there was a Mario game for PlayStation 5. What mm-hmm. I meant to really to say was, has Nintendo ever done a game for other than their own systems? Don't believe so. No, I don't think so. Hmm. All their games that they develop are on are only their platform. Yeah. But, you know, some now, games other developed- other systems have been brought on to. Right. For instance, I, I've got. Uh, the Witcher 3 on my Nintendo Switch. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you can bring those games over, but I don't Yeah, think- I was just curious if they ever broadened out like Mario for another system. I wasn't like, I, I mean, I understood that Nintendo's IP is Nintendo's, but I didn't know if they'd ever done that. I legitimately was curious. So. All right, what's next? Another one from Anish. Uh, we got some updates from George R. R. Martin on the HBO live action spinoff mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones show. Highlight for me was learning they want animated shows for HBO Max as well. Mm. That could be very cool. I, I will tell you right now, Whatever number is below zero is my interest in a Game of Thrones spinoff animated show. I, this, to me, is a live action thing. That's where the specialness of it is. Mm-hmm. I like this in live action. I want it. And I'm very excited about what's called House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this show. Matt Smith looks like he's going to be awesome in it. I mean, I'm excited. I have zero interest in animated stuff for it, though. My, ex- my interest in all of this is kind of low still because of Danny. They did Daenerys dirty, and I don't know if I want to watch more of this stuff. It was the perfect ending for Daenerys that I called for four years. When I told people on my Game of Thrones post show for four years, you watch, Danny is a jerk. Danny is bad. I don't have to like that Danny, you're right. Danny, and they went exactly where I said they were going to go with it, and people got mad. You know what I did feel bad yeah. for? There were literally people... Naming their babies Daenerys. Naming their babies Daenerys. I <laughs> that mean, was there such were people, a bad move. It's like, woo, how'd that work out? Yeah. Ooh. All right, what's next? Perfectly legal blockade. <laughs> Hi, John. Thanks to you and one of your sponsors. Since using Manscaped, I've managed to remove a lot of debris down there. <laughs> nice. And it's really visible that now there are two of them. <laughs> okay, Gloria get it. Pink sack. Get it? Yeah. Now, now there are two of them. <laughs> By the way, I, I got to say. Oh, man. Um. I honestly, like I use all, all the stuff that we promote, right? I, I'll, I use all that stuff. And 
with like some like especially like with uh every day and and uh hello fresh but man i'll tell you what the manscaped thing came because i was like i was doing the stone age thing man i was using my electric razor but the clipper on the electric razor to try and, to and just hoping for the best and you just kind of cross your <laughs> fingers and hope for the best but i'm i'm telling you their <laughs> mower their mower is awesome i know nobody wants to hear me talk about this oh but man. too bad it's it's pretty great it is really pretty great but anyway all right what's next from clarence hi john and crew i saw that there's going to be a reboot of gilligan's island on netflix but it'll be animated this. and it has a cast of all-star voices what are your thoughts okay i was excited there for a second you made me lose my excitement i mean it looks i love you know me i love a lot of animation i give me arcane all day but i got I was interested there for a second when you said they were doing a reboot of Gilligan's Island. I'm like, okay. That's fun. Like, how in today's world can somebody not find an island? Yeah. I mean, the world is so mapped and satellited and everything like that now. But So I'd be like... Maybe, John, they are lost. (gasps) Gilligan's Island was actually the island from Lost. The whole time. But I... Gotta admit, I'm not very interested in an anime. You let Aaron Cummings be Ginger. You let me be Marianne, and that's how you do that show. Darn it! Rob can be Skipper. Yeah. Ray can be Gilligan. Uh, Why do I have to be Skipper? I want to be the professor. Okay, fine. Okay. You can be the okay, professor. Jonas Grumby is the. I'm thinking about the, the important characters. I'll be the Skipper. <laughs> All right. What's next? I'll be the captain. From Casey Mack, some confusing moves. I don't get why they pushed back Black Adam back, nor do I understand why they're feeding Shazam to Avatar too. I don't expect them to keep that date. I mean, the imagery I put up is is complete analogy. They're throwing Shazam two into a wood chipper. Uh, but again, if they were throwing it against Avatar two in March. You're dead. Throwing it against Avatar 2, opening four days earlier, during the Christmas season when there's a lot of business to go around, there is a possibility they could still do okay, but this is not a good move for them. This is not good. I guarantee you, as much as David S. Sandberg, or David F. Sandberg is coming out and putting on a happy face saying, wow, James Cameron must be trembling in his boots, you know behind the scenes he's like, what the hell are they doing to me in my movie? What are they doing? But here's hoping. I, I hope you're right, Rob. I, I, I hope they can do something good with it. All right, what's next? From Wiley Todd, I just hope the Halo show is better than Halo Infinite right now. Halo fans are currently in the dark age. Hashtag redeem Halo at Ray Aura. What is, what is Halo Infinite? Was that that online that it's the newest? It's the newest game. Oh, that's it's the, the newest, newest game. game. There's is it some... not good? Well, for me, I didn't really want to get into it until this the co-op came out. I don't play... I don't usually play uh, single player games, or at least I don't stick to them. I only really beat them if there's a co-op involved. So they were supposed to release the co-op update, but I don't think they have. And I've been hearing that the multiplayer has been having its issues. Um, But that's, I haven't touched it in quite a while because I'm waiting for the co-op. All right. The story mode, the co-op story mode. All right. What's next? Hom Tardy. Over under 50% in Fortnite will appear in Thor 4. What? I don't understand the question. Oh, is it because in in Thor, or sorry, in Endgame, was that the game they were playing? I think it is. Is that the game they were playing? I don't know. Uh, I will go under. I think the joke's done. So I'm going to go under 50%. Mm -hmm. Probably well under 50%. All right, what's next? Christopher Brickner. At least the Flash slash Black Adam was filmed this time. 
Was oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yo, but was it, though? Oh, was it? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Christopher. What's next? From a day, Duel of the Fates. I'm so excited, Joe. I mean, look, on the one hand, it's a kind of a cheap cop-out to play the piece of music you know everybody's going to get excited for. But, but it worked. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. You hear that? Kura! As soon as I hear that, I get freaking pumped. Oh my god! I, I mean, Duel of the Fates is the best thing to come out of the prequels. I, that it's so such a good piece of music. All right, Logan didn't get to watch the trailer till after the, the show and everything. And when the song came on, he just stood up and took a lap around our apartment. And was like, <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Rob's unquenchable thirst. What movies from this century? Somebody's so far- noticing. <laughs> Just keep drinking. He's from the century so far. Do you consider it to be among the greatest of all time? Uh, yeah, you know, fair question, Rob. It's a far too broad topic. We we yeah. can't sit here and do a half hour disposition on that. So blue uh, is the warmest color is one of them, well, and I mean that without worst, irony. Yeah, blue's worst color is a beautiful, wonderful film. I, I mean, look, there's so there are lots of, but so that's many. that's a half hour dedicated. Editorial I know. I'm only talking about my French side. <gasps> All right, what's next? Jack-o'-lantern audio. On the subject of Moon Knight, I'm used to Stephen Grant being Moon Knight's Bruce Wayne personality. Could that be where they go with him in the future? Rob? I, you know, I, to be honest, I don't think so. I mean, I'm used to that as well. That was the Moon Knight that I fell in love with. But if they're really, if they're really leaning into this disassociative identity disorder, I don't think we're going to see that. Although we might. All That's right. what meds are for. <laughs> What's next? Black Jack Hooligan. Hey, John and crew. What are your favorite James Bond movies? Uh, I mean, for me, it's the Daniel Craig Casino Royale. That That's actually my favorite. I To this day, I still remember when I watched it, I thought I, I couldn't believe this new guy was so good playing the role. The, the, you had Mads Mikkelsen as the chief. It, they had a good poker scene in it. That's right about when I was really getting into poker. Um, but yeah, for me, it's Casino Royale. Rob? Rush with Love, Goldfinger, Under Majesty's Secret Service, Spy Who Loved Me, Living Daylights, Golden Eye, and Casino Royale. Like all tied, or is that in an those order? Are, those are all the different bonds. You like Her Majesty's Secret Service? Hell yeah. Okay. Hell what's, your, yeah. what's your favorite Bond film? I'm a sucker for Golden Eye. It's mostly because of the video game. I was going to say, like, a lot of people know Golden Eye because yeah. of the game. That but wasn't I just gave you game. my favorite ones. Speaking with all of the different Nintendo. Bonds. I. I <laughs> Sorry for switching subjects, but I didn't know you had to be a D23 member in order to get tickets for the... I don't believe you do. No, I'm not a member. I've, I've any... never been a D23 yeah. member. Oh, are you sure? Because yeah. I was trying to buy t- one ticket right now. Unless, like unless, unless they changed it. Yeah. By the way, J-Pack? GoldenEye is one of the great video games of all time. It's, it's so, so fun. great. Oh my gosh. It's so great. Plus, I saw, I, I've seen more people play that live, like my friend group, and people would get into Knockdown. I've seen more video game controllers thrown over that game. My 20th birthday, my golden birthday was GoldenEye themed. You had to come dressed up as a James Bond character or villain. And we had in the other room the N64 setup so you could play GoldenEye. Did anyone get in a fight? No, everyone was great. It was delightful. All right, what's next? Um, From Rampage Predacon. I think it's official. WB is determined to piss off all their DC fans. (sighs) Can't wait till Discovery takes over. Sorry, just frustrated. I'll I'll tell you. Again, it is it is crazy how the narrative has changed in 48 hours. And the like 48 hours ago, we were all, my God, DC's really on a roll. They've got their shit together. You know, the Batman's a big triumph. All this man can't wait for Flash. And now here we are 48 hours later. It's like, what the hell is Warner Brothers doing? My God, they just can't get it together. They keep doing this. Nonsense. And again, look, I'm, I'll hope for the best. It'll all turn out great. I'm still looking forward to all these movies. But you're right, man. 
it's uh, it's confusing. All right, what's next? John Redcorn, after Peacemaker and Batman, what do you do to continue to build momentum for your brand? Why you delay all your films, of course. Debbie <laughs> Meat Man, shake my Nothing head. gets you more excited than delays. Uh, really? Is that is that how it works? Now, I'm not saying you got to be like me where you're always wanting instant gratification. But, I, I mean, again, I... Whew, I, I, I just... I'm at a loss for words over the, the strategy. Look, the reality is here is none of us know what the real reason is. We can speculate. I've got my theories. Rob's got his theories. Chris has her theories. And it could be a mixture of any of those. The real truth is we probably none of us know what the actual at the core reason is. And maybe we never will. And maybe that reason is a good reason. But standing where I'm standing, which is on the in the bleachers looking to the field, I just see chaos. I see a disorganized, unprepared, chaotic mess. Yeah. When you had so much going for you right now. I don't know, but we'll see. We will find out. All right, what's next? CJ Rebirth. Man, the Batman in 4DX is like a simulator ride. I I have never had a 4DX experience. I I look forward to having it someday, though, CJ. Maybe it'll be with the Batman like you did. All right, what's next? Brian Sanner. Good morning, John and crew. The final season of The Last Kingdom came out this week. I love the show. Just seeing what your guys' thoughts are on it. I am... Wait wait a second. No, no, no. no, Sorry. I was thinking of Kingdom, the Korean zombie show. The medieval zombie show. I have not seen The Last Kingdom. Me neither. That I've not watched, so... Mm Uh, unfortunately, so it can't give you any kind of opinion on it there, Brian. Sorry about that. All right, what's next? Never lose your nerd. I liked the Kenobi trailer. Didn't love it. The Grand Inquisitor didn't look great. Hopefully, we'll look better in the show. Can't wait to see more, though. I love this trailer, and I agree with you. It Me was too. cool mm. seeing that the it's cool that the Grand Inquisitor will be there, and I'm sure he's going to be a great... His monologue, his narration over the trailer was wonderful. It's an itch that they can't resist but scratch. You know, it's, I love it, and I think the character is going to be awesome. I would be lying to you if I thought the design was great. Yeah. The design wasn't great. Doesn't mean the character is not going to be awesome. Though. I still buy the hot toy, though. I still buy the hot toy, though. <laughs> of course. All right, what's next? There's a lot of hot toys in that trailer. Yes, there are. Jay Master. Jay Master. Rob Russell Wilson will be truly missed here in Seattle as a Seahawks legend who opened a fashion store and found the Why Not You founded the Why Not You Academy in Seattle with his wife, Clara, uh, Sierra. Also helped Seattle food banks. Listen, he was, I think he was a Walter Payton Man of the Year. I think he he was so ingrained in the community of Seattle. He truly was. Uh, he a real philanthropist, real man yeah. of God. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Danger Russell Wilson. I will miss him in Seattle. But you know what? Seattle needed to rebuild anyway. And yeah. Seattle got a lot from this trade. Uh, and hopefully we can build a new and better dynasty that doesn't rely on, didn't rely on, they relied on him too much. And we need to see the Seahawks become more of a holistic team. Yep. And listen, I'll tell you what, the Denver Broncos today are a much better team with Russell Wilson. But I still believe this with all of my heart. Seattle Seahawks won that trade. They got so much oh they did get so much in return and 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 for denver <clears throat> hey they just took on the los angeles rams philosophy sell your future to win now and make no mistake that's what the rams did they sold their entire future to win now but they won and denver they went all in 
So if you're a Denver fan, I think you should be excited, but make no mistake. Seattle won that trade. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. And I, I'm actually I'm sad because I have to retire my Russell Wilson jersey, but there'll be a new jersey to buy. And I think we're going to see a really interesting team. And uh, I, I think that whatever happens now is going to be U- Uncle Pete's swan song. We'll see. All right. What's next? From Mansa Musa. Do you think it's possible to do Poison Ivy in the next Batman, or is she too fantastical of a character for such a grounded take on Batman? I honestly, look, here's the thing. You could ground that character, but then it's not that character anymore. You have Because like the whole it. thing about Poison Ivy is the control of plants and all that kind of stuff. And if you take that away to go say, she's really more of a chemist that's also into botany and all that. Like you could, but then that's not... See, this Riddler was Riddler. It looked different, whatever, but at the core was Riddler. I don't think it's Poison Ivy anymore if you ground her the way you would have to ground her to fit into the Ben Affleck. I don't know, Ben Affleck, I mean, uh, Robert Pattinson, Batman. What do you guys think? I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I think that it, it's funny because now everyone is playing. Every day, John, we get people who are speculating. How can we turn in class? How can we turn classic Batman villains into grounded people that can live in this world that Matt Reeves has established? And I keep thinking the same thing that you do. A lot of these, I mean, I don't expect to see Man Bat showing up anytime soon. But I want him. Oh, I, I love Man Bat. <laughs> but I, I, I want I, Man Bat. I mean, but you know what? I think depending on the approach, there are ways that Matt Rees, he, he he's already said he knows how to do um, a Mr. Freeze. Freeze that yeah. isn't just Captain Cold. Yeah, we've talked. There are ways to do that with sure. Mr. Freeze that will still feel like Mr. Freeze. And I think I don't can, know with Poison Ivy, though. You can eventually build to the more fantastical, I think, though. Yeah, here. I agree with that. You can have all these grounded villains, right? These ones who we alter them slightly so it's not somebody with, like, just a laser gun and doing some funky stuff in a suit, you know? But you can slowly, slowly build because as we do push the science, right? Victor Freeze pushing science, doing all this. You could make it so you have a Pamela Isley who, yeah, is a botanist who then does some experiments on herself and has these abilities. But, do you want to do that? Maybe not. But what about zombies? No zombies. No zombies. No zombies. Keep the so zombies no Grundy. Up. Yeah, no. Like I, I know Matt Reeves was talking I mean, recently like about, you know, say, hey, there might be something really co- cool you could do with uh, a Solomon Grundy, which they did in Arrow. They used Grundy in Arrow, which yeah, very not great uh, effect. <laughs> um, so I, I, I would say no to that. But look, again, I'm only interested in Poison Ivy if you've got Harley Quinn in there too. I want Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. That's what I want. After the cartoon, I'm like, yep, I, yeah. now that's what I want in real live action too. Which Salman Grundy was played by uh, Graham Shields on Arrow, and he's a really, really great acting coach out here in L.A. I didn't know that. He's wonderful. He's really, right. really great. What's next? Uh, from the Weird Pastors kid sending <laughs> in a almost $20 super chat. Thank you, man. I have recently found your channel because of your Batman videos. Oh, thanks, man. Since you love Man of Steel, I never understood the love for Superman. He's too perfect of a character for me. Can you explain what makes him beloved? I think there's there are two different seemingly diametrically opposed things about him, but I actually think work in unison. So I'll, I'll say from my own personal point of view. From a traditional standpoint, I mean, Superman is the embodiment of the ideal, right? He is the, you know, the guy who stands for good. He is your messianic character. He is the guy who is always does right and is able to stand up to any foe and any bad guy. And there's something that is appealing about that, particularly in the era in which the comics came out and as they evolved. Remember, Superman wasn't as powerful as he's considered now when he first started out, but then he went there. For me, and I'll tell you what, the movie Superman Returns 
is what really highlights this for me, what I love about the Superman. And this is seemingly opposite of why I think a lot of people have always liked the Superman. It is the character study of the God-man who struggles to find his place in the universe. There is something fascinating about that to me. A man who could do anything, who could stop any force, he is both the unstoppable force and the immovable object. There is no physical threat to him that he could not overcome, no, nor calamity he could not avert, whatever. And yet, in the deepest part of his core, he is as frail as any of the human beings. He is emotionally at a place where he struggles to understand who he is and what his place in this world is. He is the greatest hero of this world, and yet he feels deep inside its greatest outcast. There is something about that dichotomy to me that I find infinitely enjoyable and fascinating in a character and in a story. And it is that almost invincibility of him that makes those other aspects of his character so much more rich. And that, for me, is why I love the Superman so much. I know, Rob, I mean, obviously you've worked on Superman Returns. I have to say, I think what you just said is beautifully stated. I mean, you you laid it out perfectly there. I, I... you know, also, there is the only thing I would say about that is that Superman, there is an element from a very early age for all of us that's wish fulfillment. You know, the idea of being able to say up, up and away and fly amongst the clouds and be strong and, and be virile and and be able to overcome these things. But I think the way you put it is beautiful. That's exactly you encompassed everything that makes Superman a compelling character. Well, and also, you. you also encompass why he's difficult to write a great movie around. Yeah, yeah. extremely difficult. Well, Very. I think one of the ways Superman really sings, too, is when you lean into how friggin' strong this guy is and how he has to just be so cautious with everything he does every waking moment of his life. Yes. Like, I think those are some of the most interesting aspects of that character of if I am not constantly vigilant about my own power, I'm going to hurt somebody so carelessly. And it sounds silly. I know it sounds silly, but I one of the more interesting things in Smallville was when Clark was contemplating having sex. I mean, we joke about it sometimes, but they actually they confronted that as like, these high school students, and he's like, "I don't want to hurt you." Yeah. Like I, I and I actually think that's, but that is as kind of silly as it sounds. It kind of embodies exactly what you're saying. It's like. How do I even interact with the environment around me? Mm-hmm. There's a great like essay, and I forget who wrote it. It's a pretty famous science fiction writer wrote an essay about Superman, what would happen potentially if Superman had sex. And it's done in sort of a clinical, interesting fashion. And I don't know, essay about Superman having sex, if you Google it, it would pop up. But it's a really great essay that they dealt with very effectively on mm-hmm. Smallville. All right, next up. From Sam Fisher, am I the only one who gets annoyed when our first look at something is a leaked image or a piece of merch and not an official image like with She-Hulk? No. I mean, look, this is the thing. At the end of the day, you're going to see the movie. It's going to be in the movie anyway. And, like, to me, seeing a picture of She-Hulk is no different than seeing a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio in in an upcoming movie. Right. Okay, so that's the character in the movie. Okay, it's the telling of the story. So, I mean, look, I'm not discounting your experience in that, Sam. I mean, we all have our own sensitivities and things like that. I'm sure I've got some pretty weird sensitivities that other people don't have. But for me, it's a non-issue. I mean... I just love that it's a thermos. I keep just singing the Steve Martin song. I'm picking out a thermos for you. I I think... 
That is a deep cut. I think it's just great that for me, it's always funny to see where we get these. Like the thermos, is it a Lego set? Is it a thermos? Is it a toy? Like Mm -hmm. where are these crazy things? Where's the hole they forgot to plug? Someone said, oh, we forgot to allow. My favorite was the kid who got his YouTube channel dinged because he was reviewing. Yes, he was was reviewing the early Jurassic World Dominion dinosaurs. And like, yeah, let's go after that kid. That poor little angel. I hope they gave him back everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, he wasn't a kid. But like, because God knows what a dinosaur looks like. That's been kept under wraps. We can't, (laughs) you know, maybe the Indominus Rex. But hey, you know. Spoilers. I guess, listen, we've got like. Theoretic, theoretically, we have like three minutes left, so we got this. we still got a bunch of questions to get through. So let's start barreling through what we got left here. All right, from Mark Amorosi, saw the Batman for a second time yesterday and loved it even more. My favorite movie of the year so far. I got to tell you, Mark, I had your exact same experience. My second viewing the Batman, I liked it even more. Yep. Haven't had a chance to see it for my third time yet, but you know I'm going to take care of that this week. All right, what's next? Nathan Winning, quick question for Rob. Hot toys are amazing, but I've heard you bring up third-party unlicensed versions as well. Do you have any recommendations? Yes, Rob, do you have oh, any recommendations? Dude, there are so many great... Okay, here's the thing. If you want to look into a good third-party figure... Look up a company called Soso Toys. Soso Toys is putting out Homelander, which is awesome. They already put out Butcher. They recently did. Uh, Her- they call him Herman, but he's Rorschach from Watchmen with Jackie Earl Jackie Earl Haley's face. They just did a Gambit from X Men. Soso Toys. I just got uh, Superboy from Titans that they did. So, so toys, everybody. All right, what's next? Bobby Jackson. Hi, John. Was wondering if you're still considering changing the name of the show. I am. I, I have I have considered changing the name Rob Burnett and Friends. <laughs> Rob Burnett Super Friends. Um, I am considering changing the name of the show to um, Movie Talk or John Campia's Movie Talk. A um, little bit of inside sports here. I am also considering trying to expand the channel beyond me, mm. um, where I really wouldn't mind having a second live show that I'm not on. Um, be a little bit more, you know, my, my vision was always being ESPN where this show is sports center for movies and entertainment and streaming. Right. And I think just calling the show, the John Campia show, which was, which is what we could call this show, but maybe calling it movie talk, or whatever. I think I'd like to expand the channel. I'm just toying with this idea, by the Can way. Can we do Ray's Rumpus Room? No. <laughs> Ray's Movie Club. But yeah, no, in all seriousness, having a 3 p.m. daily sh- live show that's Ray's Movie Club, where, you know, Ray gets on and gets his thing. Or, you know, every Thursday, it's Chris Carr's Continuum. Or, yeah. or if I can go out and get some other talented people that don't have the platform that I have right now and bring them in to do a couple of shows. So... I, yes, the lo- the short answer to your question is yes. I'm still thinking about it, so we'll see where we go with that. All right, what's next? Book lover who loves to cook again, sending another twenty dollars <laughs> super chat. Thank you, man. Book lover who loves to cook. A number of Marvel stars were nominated for a Kids Choice Award. Do you think Kevin Feige broke out the champagne? Does the Marvel brand go up in value? Curious minds want to know. <laughs> see, well, that's the thing because I got I got a weird text from Feige last night saying I finally made it. Now <laughs> I know I've arrived. This biggest film franchise in history, ah, you know, Academy Award nominations, ah, my Kids' Choice Award. Dude, that's, I mean, come on. Now I'm a We know what that means. 
if you subscribe to the Nickelodeon mystery box, you get one of those. So you get a kid's choice award. It's uh, like quarterly. It's a quarterly box. I think you got one last last quarter. All right. What's next? From Jeremy, are any of y'all coming to South by Southwest and the premiere of Everything Everywhere All at Once at my local Alamo oh, Draft God, House? I want to see that so. You bad. know, I That's by the way, so good. I love South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. I, I've been a couple of times. I love hanging out in Austin. Uh, keep Austin weird. I I I, I love hanging out in that town. I've actually Anna and I actually considered moving there once. When we were <laughs> Anna and I for a period of time were thinking actually about moving out, and we thought about maybe Austin because I really do like that town. But no, mm -hmm. not no plans to go this year. But I'm very excited mm -hmm. for that movie, Jeremy. All right, what's next? From S Beam, when are you talking about Conan the Barbarian '82 for Movie Club? We are both turning forty this year. <laughs> Lots of great movies turn forty this year. Listen, I'll tell you what, I I don't know when, but Conan will be one of them. It's it's just it's such a pillar iconic film that I think it's got to be one. There's of There's a lot rights. of the first one or the second one. The first one. The first one, dude. Come on now. You don't like the Wizard in the Mirrors? No. Will Chamberlain. That's you know Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Um, but you know this this year that same Conan, E.T., Star Trek II, Poltergeist, The Thing, Tron, they all turn uh, yep. forty. Wow, big big year. All right, what's next? Prestonian. Blade Runner. By the time twenty forty four rolls around, we'll hear yet again that the Flash has been moved. This film is pretty much cursed. I, I, I again, I am at the point now. It's like just just tell me when it's actually opening. It's like just mm -hmm. tell me when it's opening. I don't mean don't tell me the release date. Tell me the day. Hey, today it's opening in theaters, and then I'll listen I'm to you. I'm just bummed we probably won't get a trailer this year now. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, we, right. yeah. Maybe the why would the they? Year. It's too far away yeah, now. Yeah, maybe, maybe in December with Shazam. Maybe, but. yeah. What's next? Corey Frazier. Hey, John, do you think the Batgirl movie gets delayed now since the Flash movie has been delayed? Since it'll be Ooh. weird if we see Bat Keaton and Batgirl before Flash, or am I wrong? Well, listen, I was just saying that I wonder how important and influential it is if now that if, if Aquaman was coming after it, but now it's coming before it, the Batgirl is a different question because you absolutely actually have the Keaton Batman. So, but here's my question. And this is, if you're going to move Batgirl because it needs to come out after Flash, why didn't you announce that at the same time? That's interesting. I bet you they forgot. I, they didn't probably, they Which probably we, didn't even think of, of it <laughs> since it's filming right now, right? It's shooting right now. We we uh, reported that uh, the Batman and Robin thing not too long ago, maybe yeah, the, last the mural. month. So they're probably in production right now. They probably didn't even think about that. I, I would say this. If I am going to do such a facepalm, if we find out they do move Batgirl because of it, but they didn't announce it at the same time, it's, it's, then I'm really going to go, what the hell are you doing over there? What? Like, who is not communicating with who over there? Like, how much of a Gonzo show are things over there right now? Again, who knows? Maybe they won't move. Gonzo it. like the Muppet Gonzo. Or, yeah, Gonzo or like, like Fear and Loathing. Gonzo. What's that? Yes. Said, or like Fear and Loathing. Yeah, I'll go Gonzo like okay. the Muppet Gonzo. I'll go on that one. All right, what's next? Purple Queen, just watched Free Guy yesterday. What an enjoyable, fun, and wacky movie. That is one of the most fun movies of the year last year. I, I, I enjoy Free Guy. So, by the way, tonight... Ryan Reynolds' new movie, The Adam yeah. Project, which I'm hearing really great things about. It drops at midnight. On, I'm staying. I'm actually going to stay. I'm really looking forward I'm gonna to I'm going to go this. to bed and set an alarm and then watch it. Yeah. I saw, <laughs> oh, good. The, you and I will both be able to talk yeah. about it. I'm not going to make Ray stay up to midnight to watch full length. Ray stays up at midnight to watch the half hour shows. I don't think I can get him to stay up yeah. to watch the... Uh, but yeah. but but Chris and I will talk yeah. about it tomorrow. I'm looking forward to doing that. All right, what's next? From Ethan Kelly, who sends in almost a $20 super chat. Thank you, Ethan. Hey, guys and gal. Thank you. I think your recent success has a lot to do with you guys' amazing dynamic. 
especially with Ray being basically a comedian. Keep it up. <laughs> I started watching every day because of it. You know, it's it's funny. <laughs> I was, I think I was showing you the chart. Yeah. But for the longest time, like we obviously stopped doing the show together in the same room because the pandemic hit. But at, at one point I realized, look, it's time for us to get back in, in person because I just really believe the, the dynamic of all of us in the same room it really, there's just something magic that happens to me. And it's an I orgy was, of entertainment. <laughs> and I was showing Rob this chart that the overall graph chart of what brought us to 200 million views, the day we started doing things in the same room, in the same office together, that's when all of a sudden the numbers started to go up again. Because we obviously we were doing really great before the pandemic, the pandemic, hit, and then you know we dropped like everybody did. Yeah. Then we recovered, but we kind of, we plateaued, we plateaued, and then once we got everybody in the same room together, boom, it started to take off. And I think there is something to that. I just love the dynamic. I personally love being in the room with a Robert Meyer Burnett and a Ray Orr and Chris Carr, and I just think that really communicates. Uh, to dude, the eyes as well you know you know me i was first i was really reluctant i was like at first i was like yeah, okay but then it's 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 a long way we travel well, your schedule yeah. didn't allow for yeah it. that's true and yeah. we we travel a long way but i will say this the dynamic like you said it's the show is more fun than it's ever been it's so fun you know and, there, <laughs> and because there's, so goddamn there's, fun. there's more of so us funny. yeah i mean it is fun look come on we all got behind the camera yesterday we'd never done that before that was so cute. People were took adorable. that picture. Oh, I mean, I like Aaron that. fed oh, me a little uh, like that, pop, uh, pop spontaneous stuff. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's great. It was great. It's fun. So thank you for that, Ethan. Yeah, and it's great you. to have you here, man. All right, what's next? Kermit Yoko. Hi, John. I have a super important question for you. Uh oh, super important. Shh. Shh. What is your ranking for the DC Connected Universe movies? <laughs> I don't do rankings, but but number one is Man of Steel. I mean, that that's it. Number one is Man of Steel. Uh, I think my number two. Um, and I'm going to go through the whole list, but because I mentioned earlier in the show today. So my number one is Man of Steel, obviously. I think my number two is James Gunn's Suicide Squad. My number three is Shazam. Um, and then comes the first Wonder Woman and the first Aquaman in, I don't know which order. Uh, then Batman versus Superman. But I'm not going to go through all of them. But, that, but to me, number one, Man of Steel. Did Kermit Yoko break up the Muppets? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well done. Is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Kermit Yogo broke up the mumps. All right, what's next? Edmontonian, can I just say I love this crew? Oh, thank you. So happy Rob is back. I'm a big fan. Right? Oh, fantastic. You very much. Chris, so charming. Thank you. And Aaron, our awesome insider. John Campia, you put together one hell of a show. Canada's proud. Well, thank you for that, man. And I'll tell you what. I think I honestly think that my my best skill um, is I think I am better than most at identifying talent in people, but not just talent in people, but then understanding what, how certain talented individuals chemistry will be with other certain talented individuals. And I think that's why AMC succeeded the way it did. I think that's why Collider succeeded the way it did. It wasn't because John Campion was sitting at the head of the table, although that is probably a pretty big part of the reason. But it's because John Campion know, knew how, like, which people would play well off of others and would fit well into the environment that we were doing. And I think if if I'm good at anything, I think it's at that. And I think the people you see sitting in front of you is a testament to that. That I think I'm pretty good at that. And I mean, just look at who we got. Like, 
Chris and and Ray and Rob and Aaron and the dynamics. And I think with, with whenever we put these kind of teams together, I think that works really well. But it's because of these people. And uh, yeah. So and there's... fact checker Jonathan, my, my boy, my favorite boy right there. He's well, coming. I think I think okay, you just you spilt the milk a little bit. You yeah, spilled, dude. You spilt it here a bit, but I guess we will let people know. I thought you said you said that yesterday. Well, I didn't say it on air. I told no, I think you did. <laughs> did, did I say it on air? I don't think you did. I don't think I did. I thought you did. I think you I, did. I mean, oh. I mean, I don't think I, but you know, it's okay. Uh, we'll let people know that fact checker Jonathan is also coming back. Uh, as a part of our growth and our expansion, but yeah, it's. Uh, oh man, I'm sorry. Oh, who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe I did. <laughs> I thought you did on Super. I thought someone asked. And, maybe, and, uh, maybe we did. Mm. You might be right. Oh no, no, because someone asked about the Mac MacBook. Remember the new machine? And you oh, said, you oh, you said, Mac Studio. You said, oh, you are, oh that's I'm going to have. You might be right. You yeah, are right. That's that's right. right. I got the Mac Studio. Too. I just bought mm -hmm. that new fifty-five hundred dollar Mac Studio, and it's yeah. not even for myself. It's for that's, it's for fact yeah, checker Jonathan. Not, I'm not a leaker. <laughs> Right. Oh, I Steel trap this one. <laughs> What's next? Uh, from Wesley Nocona, thoughts on when we see another Justice League movie? Oh, it's 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 a ways off. Yeah, it's a ways off. And I I didn't think that a year and a half ago. I thought uh, I'm pretty sure I probably said on the show a year and a half ago. It's probably going to be sooner than you think. Yeah, forget that. That's out the window. So no idea to me. Although you know what, I love my 4K disc of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I love it. All right. What's next? Now we just end with a whole bunch of support. Black Shy Guy sending in a $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, Black so Shy much. Guy. Leo Milmet, Walter White Walker, and Connie Zhang. Oh, by the way, Connie went out and had dinner with my wife last night. So they went to one of my favorite place, actually my favorite place in Burbank. They went to uh, Castaway. Oh, nice. I love Castaway. I love Connie. You know that. Yeah, I great, Connie's great. great. Big love. Anyway, great guys. Guy. Great big love for Connie. That'll do it for today's installment of the John Campion Show. Thank you so much for being here and making today's show a part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because it gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys so very much. For your support don't forget to come on back and join us for the john campus show again tomorrow we'll be back tomorrow same time as always i want to thank the people in the room with me going around we got robert meyer burnett ray aura chris carr whose car actually got her here today Yay. my name's john campia and until next time my friends bye bye <laughs>